Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. One week, and it's like I forget how to do this. It's not as easy as riding a bike. Ah, it'll be fun. I'll be good. Ah, uh, welcome everybody. It's Wednesday night. You know that what that means? It is the Mark Order Podcast here. Uh, part of the Shining Wizards Network. We are live on YouTube. We are also live on X. We are also back on Facebook. I'm not banned anymore. Woo! Welcome back to our Facebook viewers. And we're trying for the new tonight, Joe. We're live on Instagram. Ooh. That whole setup is funky uh but uh we're live on instagram at least from my understanding for the first hour uh because there are some limits with instagram but welcome to anybody who might be finding us now on instagram uh so hi hi everybody hi joe how are you i'm doing well how are you i'm good i'm back uh, in my regular seat, uh, Brendan Heaney is asking, uh, aren't you on location in Jacksonville this week? Uh, sorry, Brendan. Uh, that's when the Shining Wizards were paying for my travel during, uh, you know, pandemic. Uh, and I had a hookup from Taz to be able to sort of get in. Uh, that's gone away. But I was on location in Newark last week, which was a lot of fun for the first show in 2024. So, no, I'm still home in New Jersey, not in Jacksonville tonight, although Jacksonville does have a place very close to my heart, very close. Joe, we used to have run-ins from Taz, from JR. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when we were, at one point, a five-person group here. On the Mark Order podcast. Could you imagine doing this with five people? It's tough enough some nights uh, with four. Sometimes it's tough with two. We'll see how it goes. It's true. We're supposed to be three. Um, Kate's supposed to be joining us, so I don't know. I don't know where she's at, but she's supposed to be joining us if uh, everything holds for her. Uh, Joe, you might not know, but we're dealing with uh, certain parts of New Jersey. We're dealing with like flooding like i have that going on in my neck of the woods it's winter aren't you supposed to be getting like feet of snow and not rain and flooding well uh we did um we did get snow over the weekend although parts of new jersey got more than others like i might i might have gotten four somewhere between four to six inches where i live 
Um, so, uh, so I had a lot of snow, but here's the problem is that back in December before Christmas, there was a lot of rain, uh, and that sort of primed everything, uh, to set this up now because we flooded back then. And I say we, but like, I wasn't, my house wasn't affected, but my neighborhoods were like a lot of shit got flooded. And so now this past weekend we got snow. And now yesterday it rained like four inches of rain and the weather warmed up. So like yesterday I actually went, I went to my office and, um, uh, when I left my house in the morning, there was, uh, still, uh, snow on the ground this morning. There is no snow on the ground. So all that snow melting plus the rain, plus the warm weather, plus the ground's already wet. Uh, is resulting in flooding, and they're saying it's not supposed to crest to like tomorrow afternoon. So, Jeez. they're they're saying they're expecting it to be like twenty one feet in some areas. Like that's that's high as shit, apparently. So, well, we here in Omaha, we got about five and a half inches of snow the other day, and then tomorrow night into Friday morning, we're getting there four to six. Hmm. I'll say this. Um, I'm okay not having snow. I don't mind the snow. Um, you know, I went out and shoveled this weekend. It was just wet. It was heavy and wet. Um, but there wasn't a ton of it. I don't have a snow blower because every year I'm like, I'm gonna go buy a snow blower. Like this is the year. And then of course I'm like, I'm gonna buy that goddamn snow blower, and it's not gonna snow. So I'm just gonna save my money. And so I just haven't bought a snowblower. I have two questions then. One, mm-hmm. your aunt money. So how do you not have a snowblower? Or two, your aunt money, how do you not pay for people to remove snow for you? I'm aunt money because of those things, my friend. That's fair. I uh, gets money, I keeps money, I spend it wisely, and I invest wisely. So I can tell you I'm not looking forward to Sunday's high temperature in Omaha, which is going to be a brisk negative seven for a high. But you're, you're going to be out of Omaha, aren't you? My car won't be, so I feel bad for my car having to endure the weather. Do you have one of those gimmicks where you can start your car from your phone? Because you could just start it up and let it heat up and be like, there you go, buddy. I, I do. I do have an app for that. There's always an app for that. But the fact that they're going to get like negative 19, not factoring a windshield, which just seems stupid. Yeah, that's wild. That's that's brutal. Uh, so, Joe, you're going to uh, you're going to San Jose this weekend. I am going to find my way to San Jose. Yep. OK, where the wine flows like the salmon of Capistrano. Well, no, yeah. that's Aspen. Sorry. Aspen. A little place called Aspen. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, fly out Saturday, so I'll get there early, right around noon out there. So hopefully, plenty of time before the show starts. Cool. And and you're just are you you're just going for the weekend, or you're staying for the week? I'll be out there Saturday, and then I think I fly I fly back in. I think it's about nine thirty on Wednesday night. Oh, okay. Cool. So by the time I get back, you guys will probably still be on. 
Well, I don't know about that, my friend, because uh, this show might not be as long as it used to be for those who, and this is a good time to mention it. So, Joe, I bring that up because, one, I think you're you're going to the New Japan show out in San Jose. What's it called? Battle in the Valley. Battle in the Valley. Okay, so if anybody is out in the San Jose area and going to Battle in the Valley, hit up, well, I, I shouldn't say this without asking you, Joe. You want people to hit you up if they're going to be there? Sure. At me. Find me on socials. Find Joe on socials. We'll plug them later. Let them know you're going to be there. Uh, and you're also traveling for uh, an occasion? Um, yeah, Martin's for Tuesday. Okay. On Monday, you know? Is it, I couldn't remember if it was like, oh, it's work or if it's just for the show. But No, it's actually just it's strictly because it's my birthday weekend. Oh, uh, well, well, there we go. Happy early birthday, Joe. My birthday's Monday on Martin Luther King Day, so. Hey, happy early birthday. Wow. I have a dream that it's going to be Joe's birthday. That's a weird dream. I know. Um, But as I, as I say, uh, so Joe's not going to be here, uh, which is unfortunate because Joe and Ryan just started the Collider cast, our Saturday night Mark Order Collider cast. Um, so he won't be here for episode two, but they did episode one this past week and it was, it's Ryan, uh, Schlong and Joe's, uh, Saturday night show. Um, and they're going to have like special guests that run in. So this past weekend was episode one. They had Kyle K sparks on as a special guest and they watched along with uh, collision. So that sort of ties back to this show because we are not going to spend time sort of chatting through uh, Rampage and Collision or covering those results because that's sort of our thing on Saturdays now. So uh, we're going to cut back on that stuff here so we can talk about Dynamite and everything else we bullshit about. But uh, Joe won't be there this Saturday. Um, and um, Ryan will will be on, and I believe he's trying to line up a couple guests. So Ryan is not here tonight because he's choosing, believe it or not, he's choosing to see the Philadelphia Flyers play hockey tonight. He's paying to watch them. They should be paying him in all reality. But this uh, is why he's not Ryan money. That's very true. He's just bleeding, bleeding money. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, so that's our Saturday nights, the Mark order Saturday night collider cast. Um, Joe's not going to be here. I can't be here for it either. I'm going to see Tool this weekend uh, in uh, in New York. So that'll be fun. While I would love to do a Collider cast with Ryan, uh, not this weekend. Thank you. So I'll be getting weird with Tool on Friday and Saturday night. Um, and we're staying over in the city, so that'll be fun. It's rare because we're so close to the city that I stay over in the city, but... I was like, I've seen Tool sober many times. This <laughs> time, these two times, I will not. So this will be good. And I'm not doing a collider cast. <clears throat> but I think next weekend I might be able to do, maybe it'll, maybe pop in if you'll have me. You have to ask me. I'm not a host. Oh, that's true. But I don't blame you. I mean, hang out with Maynard, hang out with Ryan. Maynard, Ryan. It's yeah, it's not really that close. No. So. Oh, man. Well, um, 
Let me think of, I thought I had something else to mention to you, Joe, but I don't No, I guess I don't. Uh, well, anyway, about the collider cast, um, how, how did you feel for the first episode, Joe? I mean, you guys, what I think is awesome. If I can, if I can sort of, uh, you know, kiss the ring a little bit, I love that you have different layout, you know, uh, some different graphics and stuff like that. So it's a totally different vibe of a show and it's different from what we do here. How'd you feel about it for the first one? And of course you'll continue to grow, but how did the first one feel? Oh, it's all good. It's good. Um, it's a nice way to cover collision and you know a different way than some other people are doing it and, and how we were doing it before. So um, not only are we able to do something new, but we're also able to shave some time off of this podcast episode, you know, on dynamite uh, recaps so that helps. Um, so it's a win-win and, you know, the flow of the show really is, you know, you've talked about the matches react to what's going on, but there's plenty of time in between to kind of either BS or talk about other things going on in the company, other things going on in kind of the news and notes of things um, surrounding AEW and professional wrestling. Uh, so, yeah, it's really, it's really a, a jack-of-all-trades type of show. Now, I'll say this, Joe. I uh, I checked it out a couple different times. I jumped on to congratulate you guys on episode one. I wasn't trying to weasel my way in. Uh, that's shirtless though. I feel like if you run in, you have to be shirtless. That's a millionaire Matt gimmick. I don't feel like st- I, now. I'm not a gimmick thief. We've established that there are other people who are gimmick thieves. That's not this guy. People who are driving who aren't on the show tonight. Well. Uh, I wasn't going to say it, but I will say, um, I will say this. Uh, I checked out the show at various points in time, see what you guys were talking about, maybe what you thought about uh, the show. Uh, You were great. Kyle was great. Great insight from Kyle. Ryan could use a little work. Not going to lie. Okay. Good show notes. Good notes. I gave you guys some notes afterwards. There, there wasn't enough revisionist history. Mm Mm-hmm. Ryan wasn't showing enough cleavage. He never I does. We, I think if we can fix those things and less women's wrestling, less mm-hmm. women's wrestling altogether. Um, I think if we can fix those things, we're number one on Saturday nights more okay. than collision. More than collision. By the way, I, I will find it weird. I do find it weird. Um, Ryan says uh, he's so Ryan's already saying he's going to bury me Saturday. Good luck, Ryan. Um, uh, is it weird that, uh, well, I'm not saying anything because I don't know if Ryan's locked in his guests, so I'm not saying anything. I'm going to hold it until I know Ryan has guests or I'll just talk about it next week in our opening. There you go. Anyway, um, well, good, Joe. I'm glad it felt good. And uh, again, you guys will continue to um, you guys will continue to grow and flourish and find, you know, uh, the things that sort of set the Saturday night show apart more than it just being a watch along compared to what we do here, where it's like a recap. Uh, You know, you'll have your own bits. I would love to see more characters out of Ryan. I know that. Um, We all and maybe, just maybe, a little bit of like a behind the mask of like, Ryan, how do you come up with these characters? 
you know, uh, what's your thought process? How do you get into character? Like, I would love that kind of conversation as well. I mean, I know you're watching wrestling and there's a lot going on, but that stuff always interests me. I think you'll, we'll find a niche niche audience if we could do that, but maybe he protects the gimmick though. Maybe he doesn't pull back the curtain, but he can play another gimmick if he pretends to pull back the curtain, but he's still not giving you all of his secrets. Well, they're really his various split personalities. I mean, that now we're talking more than just uh more than just another piece of podcast content. We're talking something we can maybe sell to Netflix. Okay, that's all I'm saying is that gives us a lot of room for growth. A lot of room. Okay. So but congrats, Joe. The the Saturday Night Show is fun. I'm uh I'm excited to see where it goes for you guys. And at some point, uh, you know, look forward to being asked to be a guest. So far, only one person's asked me to be a guest of something. Actually, check that too. Uh, Tom talks rubbish, although my shit probably didn't do well. And then two, uh, Milwaukee Tom. Only Toms are asking me to be part of their shit. No dicks or Harrys. No, just Toms. Toms. No dicks, no Harrys. All right. Yeah, it checks out. I mean, you haven't. We haven't opened door policy for you. No, 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 no. I don't like open door. I, you know, I just, uh, I like to be asked. Mm. Uh, and like I said, I believe that in two weeks, uh, the the twentieth, I think I'm going to be available. I think. But I have to be asked. And then I'll it check. Sounds like when someone wants to be proposed to, but then they say they pick out the ring and they tell you like what date works good for them to be proposed to and where. I feel like this is borderline you want to be wanted and courted and wooed. Okay. You're I mean, it's not that much, but I hear what you're saying. There are a lot of similarities. Okay. There are a lot of similarities. I like how Ryan's supposed to be driving, but he's checking in in the te- in the chat. That's dangerous, Ryan. I hope you're at least talking to your phone. Talk to text. He says, I'm not available. Joe, did I not just throw out my availability? Uh, January 20th. There you go. Thank you. And I, I, I will say this. Eric Fried's checking in. Uh, I asked you to be on my pod with Danny Magic. Um that's true. Uh, you did. And I think I said, I'm, I'm game, but you have to work around Danny magic's availability. Good luck, Eric. Um, <laughs> it's not me. That's not me being a dick. It's just good luck. Um, uh, but I'm more than happy to do it. Um, SJ also saying you were on ROH revelry, by the way, it was awesome. You helped Tom with the walking dead question. Yes. That he Milwaukee Tom is one of the two Toms that I was referencing. Uh, being asked to be part of something. I I am still just, I'm slightly offended. I will say this, and this will be my last, and then I'm going to get off my soapbox and we'll get going with the real, real talk here. But Joe, I am slightly offended hmm. that I've never even been approached about between two beards because I actually have a beard. That's true. Ryan, Ryan a goatee exactly not a beard it's a totally separate facial hair totally separate that would be like ryan saying like oh 
I'm going on between two beards, and Ryan is a Fu Manchu. It's not a beard, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's a long mustache. So Ryan is in this instance the the weird guy on the on the fringe, kind of like a Wardlow in the um, Undisputed Kingdom, where it just doesn't quite seem like he fits there. You're right. Yeah, it's just kind of like, what are we doing? You don't have a beard. I feel like that should be that should be prerequisite for being on that show. Uh, you have to have a beard to be on two beards. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm out. I can't grow a beard. So you can get a wig, uh, not a wig, but you can get a fake beard. Mm, I, I have some like self-respect. <laughs> You're not like, not like some people who have been on this show who put on wigs. I mean, I have wigs. I'll, I, I don't, I'll do that, but the beard, a fake beard is too far. Yeah, that is a lot. I'm not going to lie. That's a lot. That's a lot. Before you move on, let me, let me cordially sure. invite you and request your presence on Cast on January 20th. Okay. I will check my schedule and get back to you guys. Thank you. RSVP by, no, the 18th. Certainly. Certainly. Watch. I'm, I'm, I watch. I absolutely probably gave you the wrong date. It's probably like the next Saturday. Even better. I definitely, know there's this, <laughs> I definitely know there's a Saturday where it's like, oh, I'm 100% available. Like, uh, I'll be home by myself. I might have to join like after eight o'clock because I have to put somebody to bed here. I have to put a small child to bed and make sure he actually stays asleep. But we'll work out those details. We'll wow. work out. Uh, all right, Joe, what do you say we we get along with uh, what, what happened tonight on Dynamite? Because like we said, there's nothing for us to catch up on Rampage or Collision because we're doing it Saturday nights now. So just a note to the people out there who maybe have, have always checked us out and you're coming in now and you're like, what the hell? How are they talking about Dynamite at like 20 minutes in? This new show, The Mark Order Saturday Night Collider cast featuring uh, Asian Joe and Ryan Schlong is covering Rampage and Collision as it happens. Actually, this weekend, Ryan's also covering Battle of the Belts or For the Belts. I can't remember, but he's uh, he's going to cover that, too. Wow. What a bonus on the new show. Uh, So we're not covering that actively here. You got to turn on Saturday nights and. If you didn't check out Saturday night um, and you want to see it after the fact to sort of get, you know, Joe and Ryan and whoever the guest was at the time this past week was Kyle K. Sparks. um, You will uh, you can go over to YouTube and check it out on our uh, in our uh, archives. You can also go over to YouTube music. We have we're up on YouTube music. You can go to Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It is up and available for you to hear. Uh, so, um, so definitely go back and check it out if you'd like, uh, because they are, uh, definitely covering everything, uh, that's going on, on, uh, on collision on the collider cast. So, uh, we're going to jump in that means and talk about dynamite. Uh, and we're going to start out, um, uh, where everybody would normally start out. And that's at the beginning of the show. Uh, see, I feel so out of place now. Joe, I, where know, where, 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 I don't know where you put the commercial break at now. Don't worry. I've got that 
right here. I've got it all planned out. I'll say around the nine o'clock hour of dynamite. Um, so anyway, uh, we, we opened up, uh, tonight it should be, you know, we should mention was, uh, the dynamite homecoming. Uh, now as, um, as some people, uh, as Brendan said, uh, in the chat, uh, you know, why aren't I in Jacksonville? And I was joking about this earlier. Um, uh, this podcast came out of Shining Wizards bonus content where we were talking uh, about AEW Dynamite, basically doing the show we do now uh, for the Shining Wizards. Um, and uh, I used to have a, uh, I used to travel to Jacksonville, live in the kayfabe. Uh, so I used to travel every week to, to Jacksonville. I'd take the red eye uh, home in the morning, but I'd travel out that day. It was very hard to fly during a pandemic too, but I got it done. Um, and then um, this show started. So um, so this was a homecoming for them, a homecoming of sorts for us. Uh, and a pretty cool thing, we'll see this sort of weave through the night. Um, there were a lot of talents that came out of their time uh, when they were basing the show out of Jacksonville um, because, you know, they were there for basically like two and a half years at right after the company started. Uh, so all of that being said, we kick off the homecoming edition of dynamite with hangman, Adam page and Claudio Castagnoli one-on-one -on -one. as those uh, of you listening out there might remember uh, last week, hangman, Adam page was looking for a fight and Claudio sort of answered that call. He said, Oh, if you want to fight, I'll be there Wednesday. You know, we can make this happen. And, here we are. We get Hangman and Claudio. Uh, and just cutting to the end of this match, Joe, uh, Hangman Adam Page wins by pinfall with the buckshot. Um, and um, there's really nothing that happens afterwards, um, which is sort of, I have some thoughts about that. We'll see that sort of come back later. But to me, it was a little odd that nothing happened afterwards. Before I sort of expand on that, Joe, I, I do want to figure out what, or, or I do want to hear what you thought about this match to open the night. It was a good match, but especially opening in Jacksonville to have, you know, Heyman and Claudio go at it. Um, it, it felt very main event quality. And I kind of like sometimes having these random, almost one-off matches where, it's really just, you know, two guys looking for a fight, looking to see who the better man is that night. Um, like you said, there wasn't a whole lot of build to it other than, you know, Heyman was looking for a fight and Claudio stepped up. Um, you know, other there's a lot of interesting... I noticed a lot of interesting camera work during this match just because of, obviously, Daly's place being a different venue. Um, so it was kind of fun to kind of get a little variation than what we do at arenas. Um, so I'll give production crew credit there for that. And uh, I think one, I'll call a spot here since the two people who like to usually call spots, the one who does it as their gimmick and the one who steals it. Um, the the point where Claudio throws Heyman into the ring or tries to throw him back in the ring and he kind of like, and Heyman kind of bounces out and does a return lariat. Yep. Um, that was a fun little spot that I haven't seen before from him. But um, 
but yeah, I think you know with Heyman winning, it makes sense as we go on later in the night to kind of build them back up after that loss to Swerve. Yeah, I will say. <clears throat> excuse me. I will say I thought it was awesome that to beat him, he had to hit two buckshot lariats and hit them back to back on two different sides of the ring. I thought that was a that was nice, and I also thought it was great at, that commentary. You know. Um, Commentary called out like, you know, the pile driver or the dead eye. Um, you know, it's not enough for somebody like Claudio because the BCC really focuses on, you know, um, being neck strong, for lack of a better term, but being neck strong and, uh, you know, making sure that this stays strong and you can't get knocked out by a pile driver. So it's sort of, you know, uh, it sort of gave you another um a layer to why you know claudio was sort of such a hard opponent to beat um i also um i also uh, to your point about production joe you know we haven't seen a show at daily's place in quite some time you forget it's a completely different configuration you know during the pandemic it was a different story because you don't have to worry about a live crowd being there where people are going to sit or be able to see things you, they just set up their stage in the way that made most sense for television and to have a full entrance ramp and all that kind of stuff. These shows with the audiences in Daly's Place are completely different configuration than we're used to seeing, besides maybe, you know, some some really special places like, you know, when they do Grand Slam, it's a long entrance ramp that goes directly up to the ring. Other places they go have ramps that go directly into the ring. Never this si sort of side catty corner stage thing and two hard cams on two different side of the of the you know ring sometimes i feel like that that leaves a lot of room for for the talent to sort of get confused as where to look or where to position themselves but to your point joe they do a pretty good job with shooting these shows and the way they set them up to make them feel totally different and special and i thought they did a good job with it tonight um so i wanted to just tag on to your sort of production point now, I didn't have a problem with Hangman winning because we know he's on a warpath a little bit here. What I did find a little odd, well, I don't know if I called it odd, but it, it made me scratch my head in the moment. But I was like, we're not going to hear anything from Hangman Adam Page? Like, nothing's nothing here? Like, I was, and again, because we see this come back into play later, it, it became okay for me. But at this point in the night, having Hangman win this match after saying he's looking for a fight, he's coming for Swerve, he wants a title, all this stuff, it was just an odd choice for me in that moment. Again, not knowing was coming, what was coming later, I felt like it was really a, a weird choice not to have him say anything. Um, so I wasn't sure if you thought in the moment, Joe, if you felt the same way. No, I guess it didn't bother me too much. I didn't think about it like that. Um, I, I think he's kind of, for me, Hey Man has kind of gone through this like ass kicker phase right now. You know, he just wants to run through people and and build himself back up to the top after getting knocked off by Swerve. So, um, no, him saying less, I guess, didn't hurt like what my thought was of what his character was doing. But, when you mention it now, though, it makes sense, and uh, I'm glad we got to pay off for that later on. Yeah, I, I am too. 
But in that moment, I was like, really, we're not going to hear anything. He's not going to say anything like and It's not even like I'm looking for him to address the crowd in Jacksonville like, hey, it's good to be back or anything like that. Like I was just looking for him to say something about Swerve or Samoa Joe because of everything that he's been sort of doing backstage. But we do get a payoff and we will get there uh, as we talk through the show. Uh, but it is also worth mentioning that as they move on from this match, before we get to our next match in the card, uh, they do show a memorial uh, video package for uh, Brody Lee. And man, it's wild, Joe. Um, me and Mrs. Money were sitting there on the couch, and this was a huge part of the pandemic for us. Wednesday nights for us was a night that we were like, we're definitely getting takeout from somewhere. You know, uh, we're watching the show. It was sort of like our moment during the pandemic to know, like, we're in the middle of the week. You know what I mean? Like, it was a sort of like a timestamp for us and just gave us something to look forward to eating takeout and sort of like vegging and watching TV. And that was sort of even before we were doing a podcast. Right. But we sort of looked at each other and we're like, what a fucking it's such a bummer still that he's he was essentially one of the good ones you know what i mean like seems like everything you you read or hear about the guy was that he was just such an incredible person but also joe wild that he debuted during the pandemic with no crowd uh and then never got to never got to see or feel or hear the fans you know, give him the adulation that he deserved because he never made it out of the pandemic because of the health of problems that he had and, and eventually succumbed to. Um, so it was a bummer, but man, seeing some of the, seeing some of those, uh, moments in the video package, you know, the, the battles that he had, um, just made, it made me again, one like sad because it was such a bummer that he went well before his time. But also at the same time, like made me super happy because it was like, oh, yeah, that was fantastic. And he was so good. And like I was very lucky to have seen him sort of here at the end. Just wish it could have been more. So the video package I thought was great. And they talked through it, you know, and how great he was and what he meant, you know, um, to them during that time. Uh, I don't know if you had any any thoughts of your own, Joe, but I just felt like I wanted to mention a couple things there. No, I agree. I think, you know, having that weird point of time that felt so disjointed and everything else, and to have people like him kind of rise up during that time to and really carry things and help carry things a little bit, um, while he didn't get to experience the AEW live crowd, but like, there's always going to be this part of history. There's always going to be associated with it. I think he's kind of a face of it. Um, I think that's really cool for his legacy and. It's a shame that we'll never know. No, I, I sometimes think like, what, where would he be? You know, all these years in the company, and like, what would his world title run look like? You no, know, what kind of feud would he have? I mean, because putting a CNC title on him that soon, like, you knew they had confidence in him that he could be a single champion. Uh, so it just, it's it's always awful when you have to think. You always have those what ifs when people are are gone too soon. I mean, even beyond, and now as you're saying some of that, Joe, like, be, so carrying the company, yes, beyond the wrestling ring, 
he was a huge part of being the elite during that time. I mean, he was, that was always a segment that I know I looked forward to Ryan and Ryan and I would watch it pretty regularly. I think we all sort of would, but Ryan and I sort of kept up with it regularly with the dark order segments and Brody Lee being such a big part of it and hitting people with the papers. So fucking funny, but fast forwarding to what you're talking about, about what future runs and and feuds would look like. Could you imagine if everything has worked, worked out the way it would have had he still been alive and here, like him and Samoa Joe Mm -hmm. would be awesome. Like, him and you know even some of these other big guys like do something with him and Hobbs him and Miro right him and man you could basically put anybody you know Brody Lee and this person and I I I think we could find upside on almost all of it and I don't think it's looking back with rose-colored glasses like he just did great work and you're right they put that title on him fast and I think you know, it came back off of him quickly because of the health issues that were happening, um, which is a shame. But I think he was going to have that title for a long time and then move him on to the larger picture. Um, but man, like the programs that he could have been in would have been amazing. Had every had every move they've made since still, you know, worked out that that would have been amazing. Even big, big G saying here, him and punk when he was there would have been good. Yeah. That could have been fantastic. You know? Um, so I think all the, you know, him, if you, you know, him and all the, any of the new Japan talent during the forbidden door of runs, like, um, I think that, that would have been a lot of fun to watch him go up against some of those guys. Dude, him and Minoru Suzuki, mm-hmm. even just have him do some matches with, uh, with the pit bull. Um, I mean, just amazing. I mean, it's a shame. It's a shame. And I think we're always going to sort of be like, man, you know, it sucks and what could have been, but, uh, I think we're, we all still sort of find, you know, like, Hey, we were lucky. We were lucky to, to get him there for the time that he was there because after some of the stuff he was doing, the WWE and that dried up and sort of ran its course, this was an awesome, fresh start for him. And the character was great. And he, you know, the faction that they put around him, it, it was all just really good stuff. I hope that a silver lining out of, you know, all the tragedies of losing people way early and too soon is that, you no, know, we don't wait and think we have more time to, to set up these great matches with people, these dream matches that we want. Um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, promotions revolve to the point of like, oh, we can look back a few years down the road. You know, we'll they'll still be under contract here. We'll be we'll be fine. But like, anything can happen. Whether it's you know a health condition or an injury or you know, so I hope that this gives people speeds up things a little bit to like when you have the opportunity to pull the trigger on a on a, a dream match to do it and. Uh, or at least find a way to do it instead of trying to build it for years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I'm with you. I think there are certainly moments like that where it's like, you know, I'm with you where I think people think like, Oh, we can, we can book this for a year out. You know, we'll put it on the roadmap, but we're in no rush. And yeah, hopefully now that 
they don't wait for that. And even um, just a couple of notes in the chat, I see Scott George saying, kind of wish Matt Hardy was on the on the show because uh, he's linked to Brody uh, debuting the same night. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That that would have been a nice tie-in. Uh, and then Big G also commented, uh, think about Danielson too. Uh, yeah, I mean, the stuff that him and Danielson could have done would have been would have been crazy uh so sucks uh but um a nice memorial package for him and then we move on to our our next match and they had a couple of these set up but we show our uh our uh our eight-man tag team next on the card um where they the commentary sort of mentioned that some of these teams were sort of odd bedfellows you had some guys who were heel working with faces and and some of these teams, you know, that sort of didn't mesh together. Um, so they were sort of laying groundwork for maybe some of these these teams not working so well together. But we did have Adam Copeland, Dustin Rhodes, Orange Cassidy, and Preston Vance versus uh, Lance Archer and uh, the, um, the Mogul Embassy action, which was uh, Brian Cage and Gates of Agony, which is Bishop Khan and Toa Leona. Uh, so I think that's sort of what led them to talk about some of these guys maybe not being on the same page because Preston Vance, you know, part of LFI, sort of heelish, uh, you know, definitely heelish, uh, more more than face, and he's working with the faces here. But also, again, can't forget Preston Vance uh, was handpicked by Brody Lee. And we're sort of playing homage to Brody Lee here in Jacksonville tonight, as well as guys who sort of made their way onto the scene in Jacksonville. So that was a nice, uh, a nice uh, addition to this team. Same thing with Lance Archer. Um, Brian Cage had some moments during uh, the pandemic in in Jacksonville. Uh, Dustin Rhodes has been there the whole time. Orange Cassidy too. You know some amazing moments in Jacksonville. So this was a nice sort of team. seemingly random team put together uh, for this eight man. But as we cut through to the end, Adam Copeland, Dustin Rhodes, Orange Cassidy and Preston Vance win by pinfall with a discus lariat from Preston Vance on Bishop Khan. So again, we get, um, we get a nice sort of tie back here to Brody Lee. Preston Vance gets the pin, the win for his team. uh, And uh, you know, everything that happened should happen. Uh, so Joe, what, what did you think of the match and the teams here? Any problems? I'm glad they explained, uh, about the teams. I got a little confused when I saw the match. I'm like, why Preston Vance teaming with all these faces? Um, uh, so I'm glad they put some, some background on that for this match and also for the other, uh, women's eight man, eight, eight women's had match. And the match itself was, you know, kind of what you expect with an eight man. Um, it's a little chaotic. And then there's always that you know moment later in the match where all hell breaks loose and everyone's everyone's hitting their finisher. Um, but I liked the I liked the presentation of Vance in this match a lot. Um, I thought it was a nice little breakout for him. I think he worked really well as a face, and I think they could really build him up as a face, as a single person, as a singles. Um, if he was wasn't part of LFI, but um. I think some of the match, the match itself, though, uh, you know, Toa had a nice little pounce on Orange. Um, I like the story through the match of Orange trying to hit a choke slam on the on Brian Cage and one of the members of the Gates of Agony. Uh, Just fantastic. 
That'd be amazing. You seen how small his hand was against like Brian Cage's neck? Brian and then, like, Cage and Lance Archer. I think he tried to get yeah. Lance Archer up too. But it's like it wouldn't even come close to like gripping the neck. Um and then Taz calling it out was great. But uh I think my one complaint was they missed the finish live on the camera. Yeah. Uh, they they, I don't know why they got stuck on Dustin Rhodes on the outside, but like they missed the the discus lariat by advance. But uh thankfully we have replay. So they showed it in replay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's sort of one of the hazards of having so many guys, you know, uh, you know, as part of one match. It's like, where do we cut to the camera? And and to his credit, Dustin did do, I think, like a front flip, you know, uh, off the apron onto whoever was on the outside. I don't, I don't know who it was at that point. So I guess they tried to catch it. They had missed that, too, though. They had just sort of had the aftermath. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nitpicking a little bit, but... Yeah, I thought it was a perfectly fine match. And Scott George mentioned it here. I was, uh, you know, I was going to get to it here. They did um, they did this same sort of thing during the original Brody tribute in 2020, uh, where they sort of put these uh, random, seemingly random teams together. Um, he had teamed with Cody and Orange Cassidy during that show, Preston Vance, that is. So they've done this before. Nice little tributes here um, to Brody Lee. And and yeah, a fun match where everybody got to show a little bit of something. Uh, and and this is uh, Adam Copeland's first time at Daly's Place. So, uh, you know, the crowd seemed hot for it. And um, yeah, I mean, just a, a nice match to put on in front of this live crowd. So they go to commercial and they come back uh, to a backstage interview with the stunning... Renee Paquette. She's backstage with Bullet Club Gold. And Jay White says there's uh says that anything the Undisputed Kingdom can do, they can do better. And the acclaimed eventually roll up. And they say that it's amazing that that they have a common enemy. And imagine all of them holding gold at the same time. And the acclaimed is the people's choice. And last week the people were cheering for the bang bang gang bang bang gang almost as much as they cheer for the acclaimed and they don't have to be friends, but they can work together. One big bang, bang scissor gang. And the switchblade says that they need time to think it over. They're not, they're not a faction. Cause I think, uh, Bowen said a super faction and switchblade says, we're not a faction. We're a gang. We need to think it over. Keep your phones on. And then we move on to our, our next segment. So, Joe, I wasn't here last week to talk about it. Um, I think I was texting you guys during the show when I was sitting in Newark. Um, personally, I don't want to see this happen. I understand the reasoning behind, uh, you know, having the acclaimed and Bullet Club Gold team up because you need to even the odds up against, you know, five members of, um, the Undisputed Kingdom, technically six, but, you know, Adam Cole can't go. Um, So I understand them sort of banding together with a common enemy to try to take them out. But I just, there's still something I don't love about having, you know, a heel faction like Bullet Club Gold teaming up with, you know, a bubblegum baby face team like the Acclaimed. I just... I don't want to see it, even if they have a common enemy. I, I just don't 
I don't want to see the Bullet Club Gold sort of take a face turn, even face turn, even if it's for a short period. I don't know if that makes me sound like a boomer or something like that, but I just don't. I don't love it. Maybe it's because I'm just not in love with the acclaimed as much as I used to be because they've just sort of seemed lost in the ether and those, you know, six man tag belts are sort of lost right now. Yeah, I think they, for me, um, the acclaimed are kind of hit a ceiling where, yeah, you get cheered and people love to do the scissoring gesture and all that stuff, but like, their feuds, their in-ring stuff just feels like repetitive. Like we've all seen it over and over again. Um, so I feel like they need some kind of refresh. Um, but I almost, I, to me, it'd be interesting to see if they team up. And I'm going to put my little fancy booking hand on. If they teamed up to take on, you know, the, the Undisputed Kingdom. And during that, you know, what if like, you know, maybe Jay White turns on them. And goes with the Undisputed Kingdom. Because, you know, I don't know how long Juice is out. So Jay would be kind of on by himself. And, you know, you put the gun back with their dad and their, I don't know, brothers of the, sure. the acclaims. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't be mad at getting Jay White away from that. And Bullet Club Gold always seemed kind of a, a weird, watered down Bullet Club. Like they've taken the name and just kind of made it even less than what it was so i wouldn't mind him doing that i guess if they need something for him to do yeah i mean i understand what you're saying and i'm i'm not poo-pooing your idea i just i don't know man like i the acclaimed it's such a hard thing for me right now because like, I do like the acclaimed, you know, uh, I just like, what are, what are they at this point? You know what I mean? Like they're holding belts that don't essentially mean anything at the moment. Cause we're never, they're never being defended. You know, they're, they weren't on the past couple pay-per-views like, you know, we need to do something. First of all, we need to do something with those belts. But second of all, I think maybe the acclaimed it's run its course. I think out of all of us here, Kate sort of beat the drum for like get Bowens on his own. And I'm for that mm-hmm. or split Bowens out somewhere else. But until you get the belts off them, they're, they're really tied together. You sort of can't. So, you know, pulling, pulling switch out of, um, out of bullet club gold is fine. I mean, but he's like, you know, he's a leader of that faction. So it would sort of be weird. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out a way to make this work, but I just can't get comfortable with the feeling of like putting these two groups together and then having this giant gang war. I just doesn't okay. interest me. I don't know. But I do like the fact that they like Bowens is really they really focus heavily on Bowens. I think he's kind of the, the talker of the group. Uh you know, he he's the best wrestler like in the ring, he's the best showman in the ring. Um, so I think that bodes well for his future as like a single person and, and kind of what they see in him. And like you said, hopefully they can do something with that group and whether they break them up, turn them, turn them heel, turn some of them heel, just something. 
you know, I, I almost wish that at some point they would even just basically be like, okay, um, <clears throat> like maybe just naturally sort of split apart, right? Like Bowens wants to take things more seriously. Caster just wants to have a good time and do his raps and sort of be silly. Like you can sort of naturally break them up like that. It doesn't have to explode and, and sort of fracture, fracture, but like, I think we just have to do something to inject a little bit of life into them. Yeah. You, know? you almost had that natural break after with their feud with House of Black. Like you could have, you know, when, when Daddy Ass left, because you were questioning his abilities. And like that could have been a nice way to like do more single things. But yeah, I lost. You know, here we are. Well, we'll see what happens uh, next for the acclaimed and the Bang Bang Gang. But for now, we move on to Samoa Joe making his entrance in the ring. And he gets on the mic and introduces himself, but uh, Jacksonville knows who he is. Um, and he says that tonight there's going to be some changes to the championship challenge protocol because he's got the target on his back. And no, ma- no more whining out there or, you know, on the mic or making, as he said, ho ass comments on social media. Uh, you can bring your record and representation and submit it to the championship committee and hope to get a pass to get stomped out in front of everyone who's ever cheered you on. That's when Mr. Shane Swerve Strickland enters with the Mogul Embassy in tow. He says this is his first time in Daly's place, but it's still Swerve's house. And he talks about how... His, he talks about how his thing with Hangman Adam Page wasn't personal. He was after his spot, and look where he is. He took it. So he'll say the same thing to Samoa Joe. It's not personal. He just wants the title. He's going to take it. However, after he takes the title and Joe chooses to make it personally, he, um, you know, he's going to sort of, you know, stay the course and, and be swerve, right? So that's when Hangman and Adam Page comes out. So now we have a little bit of that retribution from not hearing Adam Page, uh, you know, earlier. Um, So uh, Adam Page says that 2023 held a lot for him. He beat Moxley in a Texas death match. He reunited with uh, the elite in an anarchy in the arena in blood and guts. And, um, he also said that uh, he and Swerve sort of had their their little run. Um, so um, he's getting in Swerve's face, and you know they're going, kind of going back and forth. And then Swerve makes his exit, and then Paige gets in Joe's face uh, and sort of tells Joe he wants the title, he's coming for it. And now uh, they're nose to nose, and he sort of walks off. And then Samoa Joe sort of is left there by himself and he holds the title up and that's when Hook's music hits. And Hook slides uh, into the ring. He goes face to face with Joe, touching foreheads. And then he, you know, points his finger at the title and then he holds it up and he says one week, which means, and it was made official, that next week Hook will get his title shot against Samoa Joe. And then that's sort of the end. So, um, 
So, Joe, I do want to ask your opinion on this segment. I have a couple thoughts, but I don't want to give them all away. I want to hear what you have to say. What do you think about this whole thing and sort of Joe's new championship protocol and some of the faces that we see coming out to challenge for it? Well, first of all, I thought Joe looked great. He looked like a million bucks. He looks like a mafia Don. He looks, you know, he pulls off that championship swagger really well. Um, and it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when MJF was champion, he had like four or five different guys kind of coming after him at the same time. Um, and kind of have setting up these little feuds now with Joe, with Hook, and then with, um, you know, Heyman and Swerve. Um, so you kind of know what's coming down the line. Um, I can't wait to see, you know, Hook's obviously going to lose, but he'll get a huge reaction when he, you know, to- does some tosses and suplexes Joe uh, for being that much smaller than he is. But, uh, um, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I guess I don't... Try to think what stuck out to me stuck out to me as far as the hangman sword part of of this. Well, let yeah. me we'll go back and forth here a little bit. So I didn't mind the I love the swerve stuff. I also didn't mind the hangman stuff because clearly it's not over with swerve, right? And and I think before Joe gets to swerve, we've got to close out hangman and swerve. And then maybe even have Hangman Joe before we get to Swerve Joe, you know, if we eventually get to Hangman Joe. I didn't mind all that stuff. My sort of problem here, Asian Joe, I'm saying Joe a lot, so I want to make sure you know I'm talking to you. So my sort of problem with this was it just sort of felt, I don't, disjointed isn't sort of the, the word I'm looking for, but like, the point you thought it was over when Joe raised this title up, like I thought hook was coming out before that. Right. Like I had sort of, you know, with all this stuff and we will mention Twitter here in a moment, but um, it just sort of seemed like a weird sort of like it petered out sort of right at the end. Like hangman just sort of slinks off and leaves and Joe's just kind of standing there and then sort of like just raises his title it just felt sort of like not timed out. Well, I guess, I don't know if you felt the same thing. I just kind of like, that's it. Yeah. I can see that. I can see how it felt a little bit long and just like, you're kind of waiting for a certain moment to happen. Um, because I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought it was going to be over once Joe raised the belt. I'm like, huh, I really expect to see hook here today like during the segment. And then right. it's like, oh, no, a few moments later, then you hit the music and just like, it was a, maybe it's because of how the setup is and they, them, them wanting to make sure like Swerve and Hangman got out of the way. And so Hark could come in and have his one-on-one, but yeah. Yeah. I, that's probably, I mean, I'm thinking now that you're saying it, that's probably the, the reason why it sort of went the way it did is you wanted to have Hook and Joe in there one-on-one with nobody else. So that sort of is why people sort of stepped away, but it just still, the timing felt slightly off. Like I would have loved it if like Joe just got his title all the way up and then hooks music hit, like Mm -hmm. instead of like 
Joe's music, Joe gets his title up. He's standing there for like, you know, 30 seconds. And then we hit hooks music. Like yeah. it just seemed like timing was a little off. I, I would have liked it most in my head of if Swerve and Hayman were sitting there kind of like, you know, off mic, bickering at each other, talking about who the, you know, who's the top spot should be. And then Hook's music comes out, plays. He comes walking out. He kind of like shoulders, like goes right between them, bumps him both the shoulders. They kind of give him the what the fuck look. And he just goes into Joe's face. They do their little stare off. And he says, one week. And then. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Like I, I'm I'm with you there because it's sort of a crowded picture at the moment, right? So like for Hook, if Hook would come through and just step through them, like with like didn't even acknowledge them, it would have been perfect. Now, Joe, I said it. We'll mention Twitter. Uh, Joe, did you happen to have your eye on Twitter last night uh, when there was a lot of talk about Jinder Mahal and? Uh, Hook coming out of Tony Khan and Eric Bischoff's Twitter fingers. Who this is? Who knew the modern day Maharaja could garner so much conversation and buzz? I mean, this is more buzz than he had when he was champion. It's 2024, and we're talking Jinder Mahal Hook, one of the founding members of Three Man Band. I met the Three Man Band. Ooh, were you honorary fourth member? We have a picture somewhere. Uh, I'll have to get it from probably Mrs. Money Joe, but one of the years when they had WrestleMania uh, at the, what is it? I'm just going to call it Giant Stadium. Uh, MetLife Stadium. Um, they were still doing the WrestleMania access, and they had it at um, the, what, what it was still there at the time, the Izod Center, uh, which is right next door. It was just the arena they had next door to Giant Stadium. And, um, you know, WrestleMania access, I don't know if they even still do it, but it used to be like they had a bunch of stuff you could see. Like they had a bunch of Andre's gear and like, you know, boots from Dusty Rhodes and all this sort of cool shit that like I thought it was awesome to see. And then, like, they had a bunch of other stuff. Like, they had some live wrestling there, like, in the middle of the floor. Like, you know, they had a ring set up, and, you know, you saw a bunch of people sort of wrestle. And then, like, they had a bunch of meet and greet, like, picture stuff. And it was cool because it was, you know, you paid for a ticket to enter. So it wasn't like, you know, okay, it's 30 bucks for a picture. It was just like, if you want to wait online, you can get up there and get a picture or an autograph or whatever. And we were we just happened to be walking by um, like one of the booths and there was nobody in line, but there was also nobody there. And I think we had heard them say like, Oh yeah, somebody's coming out. So like we hopped into the, into the queue. There might've been a couple people in front of us and then out walked the three man band. And it was, uh, you know, for those who may not remember, it was Jinder Mahal, uh, Heath Slater and Drew McIntyre. And they were all there. Um, it was me, Mrs. Money, and my brother-in-law was with us at that moment in time. Uh, so we all stepped up. We got a picture. And I think uh, Mrs. Money even had some sunglasses on Joe. And Drew McIntyre took them off and wore them. Um, so it's a pretty 
funny picture. I have to, I'll find it and show it to you, Joe. Uh, if I can actually find it, maybe I'll even put it on our social so people could see it. But I'm hoping yeah. there's, there, I hope there's some air guitar in there. There is definitely some sort of pose that makes it look like, yeah, we're rocking out. Yeah, something like that. But uh, yeah, uh, I certainly, Scott George uh, telling me, don't hinder the gender. I, I don't. Uh, trust me, I've met the gender. I'm not hindering anybody. He Slater's got kids. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that was an amazing exchange if you were following it, Joe. Like, I got a random text from my brother that just said, I'll go to war for TK any day. And I was just like, please elaborate. <laughs> and he was like, check Twitter. And uh, oh, <laughs> hi, Jesse Ozog. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us here. Jesse missed the start of the show, but just so you know, Jesse, we're already in dynamite because we're not covering collision and rampage here anymore. That's on the Saturday night collider cast. And Ryan's not here. So that's even better. Yeah. Even better. So, uh, yeah, Joe, if, if you didn't happen to see it, uh, you could certainly go back in time and find it. It was an amazing exchange back and forth with Eric Bischoff. Um, and I think I saw that was the last thing, uh, maybe even pinned to Tony Khan's Twitter page was his final response, which I don't remember what TK said, but Eric Bischoff quote tweeted it and said, he just put the clown emoji up and then TK responded with a meme from some show. Uh, which basically said something like uh, shut your has been mouth or something like that. Or uh, I don't listen to washed up, you know, whatever. Um, it was just, it was magical, but his whole thing was the logic of how does Jinder Mahal come back and get a title shot. Um, and then I guess people were saying, what about hook? And he was like, logically, it makes sense. Hook is 23 and one and he deserves a shot. I mean, if you know the WWE product, it, having Ginger come in and, and say, I want a tile shot with no real reason or backing behind it, it seems normal. It's logical. Um, it's funny how like, within these, what, five years of AEW that we've had, how far that relationship between TK and Bischoff has deteriorated. Yeah. It's... It was so funny to see it happening in real time. It was so much fun. Just if you're really not, um, if you're not following TK on Twitter, just for these moments, then you're fucking up how you're doing Twitter. I'm just, I'm just saying, just saying. Uh, so Joe, um, the next thing we move on to here is a recap of Deanna Peraza's um, debut last week. And then we have the ravishing Renee Paquette in black and white, still a vision backstage with timeless Tony storm. And um, uh, so, uh, you know, Renee asks her about seeing the debuts that happened last week. And Mariah may says steps up to say like, yes, um, 
I uh, I debuted like, did you see the match? And Tony's like, oh, I got a screener. Uh, so I didn't see uh, I didn't see a frame of it. But did you do an arm drag? Wonderful. Uh, and, you know, Renee says, no, um, uh, no, uh, I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm talking about uh, Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, but before I, I think she uh, could even say that. It was a fun callback to Wendy Richter. Tony Storm basically was like, who, Wendy Richter? Where? And she's like, no, Deanna Perrazzo. And um, Tony Storm says, Deanna Perrazzo. I don't know who she is, but she sounds Italian. And she said, Luther, book a meeting with Donna Palazzo so I can meet her. And then she says, but until then, chin up, tits out, and line and mariah may whispers to her watch out for the shoe but then tony storm yells at her because she stole her line and she walks off and luther's left laughing at mariah may uh so um joe a fun little sort of uh recap here uh of sort of the debut as well as tony storm just being timeless and off her fucking rocker and uh, I guess we do have to give credit where credit's due. Wendy Richter coming back up based on a question that somebody who doesn't say they're with this podcast in a media scrum asked the question that's yeah, just it was Kate from Fightful. I don't know. I don't know who that is. I think Kate from Mark Order knows her. So maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Joe? I just wanted to say it once so that if something like that happens, we can clip it. I just want to clip the audio. That's all I want to do. I told her, just say it once. I'll clip it. You never have to say it again. Kate from Fightful and the Mark Warrior. Yeah, that's it. That's it. If any of us were in that situation, you could say whatever you want. Just say the Mark Order podcast. I'll clip it. You never have to mention us again. We've got it. Great segment though with Tony and Mariah May bang doing a bang up job as the understudy and you know sadly eating that piece of chocolate that she got from Tony. Uh, <laughs> and just desperately wanting Tony's approval. Um I and I really hope we get the payoff that they can somehow get a cameo or appearance by Wendy Richter. It ha you I mean They've I mean, had to reach out, right? Basically, the same age as Sting. I mean, she doesn't have to do anything. She oh. just has to show up. Come in the backstage segment, like a. I mean, you can't do it because it. She's on TV. Like, you wouldn't be able to do it because they'd be on regular TV. But if she's in an in an interview segment, and all of a sudden, like she's talking and then everybody stops and she just sort of is like, what? And they, she turns and they pan back the camera and Wendy Richter's there. And she just says, you know, you're going to fuck me up, huh? Well, on TV, like you're going to mess me up, huh? You know, just like something like that. That's all I need. Yeah. And then she storms up and then Tony walks away or give Wendy a, a fake all Wendy Richter is all elite graphic. Just, it would be fantastic. But a fun segment here. Uh, and then we move on to, to what's to come. 
But Joe, this is where we're going to take a short break. We've been talking for an hour plus, uh, and we want to tell you guys out there about some of the other fine shows that are part of the Shining Wizards Network. So Joe and I are going to take a break. Uh, We're going to come back and talk about the rest of what happened on Dynamite, plus some news and notes of things that happened from this past week in the world of AEW. So hang tight, and we will be right back uh, with the Mark Order podcast. But for now, listen to some of the other fine shows. Listen to the words from some of the other fine shows that are part of the Shining Wizards Network. Like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to the Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro Wrestling Tees store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. You can become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast, where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers, and the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive, and believe me, they are fantastic. If you can't support us monetarily, if you don't shop at Amazon, that's absolutely fine. Continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the World Wide Web, and make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. It doesn't cost you anything, helps us out, and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is The Shining Wizards. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports, entertainment, broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. you like your music heavy then check out radioactive metal on the shining wizards network 
For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway! What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. I'm Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down-under pounders that co-host Rogue Day Dots, an action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves, and when you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Get off my lawn, asshole! We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every wrestling figure line that's out there. I'm talking LJMs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulkaplex? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke and Rogue. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones, too. We're currently talking about the death of Dudley Stubbs. I know what we're fucking talking about. Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rope podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the the, the Nards plows. I like Nards plows. That's uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite wrestling podcast. All right. It's a podcast for two men. Two men. Duke Banks, Kevin Rowe. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. All right. And who better to talk about a man's sport than Duke Oklahoma. Once in a while, Vince Russo stops by. Oh, you piece of shit! If you're not listening to the Year of Duke and Rome podcast in the back with the boys, you piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. It's, uh, you gotta slide one in there. If you're a man, 
you're a man. You're talking about something only a man can do. You're talking about slide one in there. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. All right, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right, we're back here live on the Mark Order podcast, part of the Shining Wizards Network. And before we get back to covering the rest of Dynamite and everything else that happened over the past week in AEW, we do want to remind you guys that you can find us on all of our socials at Mark Order Pod on uh, X, which we're live on tonight, on Instagram, which we maybe are still live on. We were live on before. I think it times out in an hour. Uh, on Facebook, which we're back live on. Um and TikTok. We're not live there. They don't do live shit that we can be part of with this yet, but we'll see what happens. Um, so um so follow us on there. And when you're there, don't forget to go to our link tree because you can get to our YouTube page, which uh we know a bunch of you are watching on now, but we're asking for anybody who might want to please subscribe. That's a great way to uh to help grow us. We're trying to get to 500 subscribers. That's our benchmark. Uh, so uh, make sure you go there, click the subscribe button, uh, and um, and uh, help us grow our fan base there. Uh, oh, good. We're still live on Instagram Live because um, I swore it said it taps out at an hour, but whatever. Um, anyway, uh, the other way you can help us out and uh, help support our show is Go to that link tree and click the button to go to our Pro Wrestling Tees store or go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkOrderPod or just search the Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees and you'll find our store here where we have four t-shirts up for sale. Uh, we have two front prints, two double-sided prints, and any of the shirts that you buy there, money comes back to help us put on this show, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't look like it, but there are a few things that are part of the show that cost some money to, to help us out and be able to do things better. So, um, any money you spend there helps us out greatly. We thank everybody who's already bought a shirt and we thank people who are, uh, going to go buy a shirt in the future. No sales going on right now, but, uh, you know, maybe at some point they'll do another sale, but why wait, right? Get yourself a present. The holidays just passed. You've got some gift cards burning holes in your pocket. Maybe some extra cash people slid in your stocking. So uh, head on over, buy a t-shirt, and thank you for supporting us. Also, I'd be remiss to say, Joe, we've, we also want to promote Saturday Night's, our brand new show, the Saturday Night Collider Cast on the, on the Mark Order Podcast YouTube page. Uh, we also go live on you know Facebook and X. Um, but definitely head over to the YouTube because Asian Joe and Ryan Schlong will be uh, hosting watch alongs this weekend. Joe won't be there, but Ryan's going to have a couple guests uh, to host with him. And Saturday nights is our new time where, um, where they watch along with uh, collision uh, talk about maybe what happened on rampage and all sorts of other stuff that's going on in the world of AEW uh, or even just regular bullshit as they're watching along with the, uh, the show talking about wrestling. So Make sure you head over to our YouTube page. We've got a new playlist set up for that. We've got the first show in the archive, and we'll have many more to come. Uh, so make sure you support Joe and Ryan on Saturday nights uh, and uh, check it out. And uh, it it also is available in podcast format after the show airs. Uh, so you can also find it in audio format. Yeah, come come to live with us. 
um, we had a good turnout for that first episode, by the way. Uh, yeah. Saw a lot of familiar, a lot of familiar names in the chat. Some new ones that aren't a part of the Wednesday show all the time in the chat. So um, it was good to see that mix of people. And you no, know, thanks for joining us and spread the word so we can keep uh, you know reaching out and meeting new people. That'd be great. And and we should probably be a little bit more transparent on where some of that shirt money goes. Sure. Um, I mean, we have to pay people off for whoever Ryan offends because you no, know, true. That happens a lot. Um, it's true. We also have the you know appearance fee for Kate. Um, despite Ooh. all that we give her, her internet still doesn't you know hold up. Very true. So. We pay the appearance fee, and she tells us it's going to better internet, but I don't see it on this show. I don't know. I don't. Well, uh, Dynamite, and finish up what happened on Dynamite. Um, So the next thing that happened was we had our next match, which was absolute Ricky Starks versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, and again, this is a nice callback to Jacksonville because uh, Ricky Starks came into AEW um, while they were in Jacksonville. For those who maybe don't remember, when Cody Rhodes had the TNT title and basically had his open challenge, they were allowing anybody to come in and have a match uh, against Cody and have the chance to win that belt. So, um, so uh, one night, Ricky Starks got the call. He came in to face Cody. He didn't win, but that match got him signed to AEW. So Ricky Starks, um, you know, found his home in AEW during the pandemic uh, in Jacksonville. And the funny thing here, Joe, is commentary made mention that Sammy Guevara met his wife at Daly's place, which is a little weird because I'm pretty sure he had his fiance Pam, uh, who he was with during the pandemic in Jacksonville. Maybe now maybe she wasn't there, but I believe they were together. So they met hashtag justice for Pam. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, cutting to the end of the match, Sam McVar wins by pinfall with an inside cradle. Um, you know, Ricky Starks is stunned. Uh, and him and Sammy, he's laying on the mat. Sammy comes over him at the end and they're, they're sort of talking to each other and Ricky extends his hand and Sammy takes it and they're shaking hands for what seemed like an inordinately long time. And that's when big bill makes his way to the ring, puts his boots to, uh, to Sammy. But that's when Chris Jericho makes his appearance to save uh, Sammy and brawl spill out into the crowd uh, with Big Bill and Ricky Starks because don't forget at Battle of the Belts uh, they have a match uh, for these tag team titles uh, so um, an interesting move here Joe because this is Jericho returning to TV after getting booed uh, at World's End as he's supposed to be the babyface embroiled in a lot of you know uh, sort of controversy, um, which to be honest, we don't know a lot about. Uh, so I can't have a lot of comment on that, but he seemed to get a pretty good reaction tonight. 
it almost is like they planned him to come out and make the save, um, you know, in a brawl situation so that there couldn't be too many chances to boo him. But either way, we're just setting up our Battle of the Belts match on Saturday night. So, Joe, as far as all this segment goes, what would you think? What would you think of the match? What did you think about the choice to have Jericho come out and save? Sure. Um, the match was, was solid. Uh, I thought the reaction to Sammy was a little, felt a little lackluster initially when he came out. Um, maybe he would have been better if he would have, like, came to the ring off to the side in the golf cart. Just saying, you know, he had a famous sure. incident with the golf cart there. Yes. There's no, he also met Matt Hardy at Daly's place besides his wife. Um, That's true. So that would have been kind of a fun little callback to kind of lean into that a little bit. But um, it was fun. It, it just, you know, the two guys who know each other well. I like kind of the, you know, mimicking in one another, whether it's Sammy doing Ricky's pose or Ricky doing the I'm crazy face that Sammy always does. Um, the like underhook face buster that Ricky like leveled onto Sammy on the on the ring apron looked wicked. Um that that spot was the one that really got me. And but you know Sammy winning is kind of the kiss of death for me as far as like the outcome on Battle of the Belts. Battle of the Belts, right? Of yeah of or, the belts. Uh, uh so I felt like that kind of predictable uh, having Jericho come out and do the save, no, that's fine. He can get his little, you know, he, he's in Jacksonville. Give him an appearance. Um, give him a little bit of, you know, of a pop there with his song. I thought it was interesting that he kept fighting Big Bill and like Sammy's done with Ricky. He's out there just like hamming it up and like posing for the crowd and then cut back to Jericho and Big Bill still fighting. Yeah. Uh, but it's fine. I, Regardless of any of the stuff that's out there about Jericho, whether all the speculation and rumors and all that stuff, to me, it's more just like, you know, take a break, reset, um, you know, go away for a little bit, come back fresh. Uh, you know, sometimes we, people get have just have fatigue of people after a while. Yeah, I mean, I know we've talked about this. Um, I know we've talked about this before. Um we yeah, to be fair, we were saying this before any you know, of the other stuff out there about like, all the other rumors and speculation. Like we've been saying a long time, like, you know, Jericho needs to probably go away for a while. Right. He needs to go away. They need to dis they need to uncouple Sammy from him. And I think this Saturday will be sort of, you know, will sort of be it. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's a shot that they win these belts. But who knows? Maybe they swerve us and they actually change titles on a battle of the belts. That to me would be like the worst case scenario. Um, you know, I just, uh, you know, Sammy can go off and do his own thing. Jericho can take some time off, go record with Fozzie or whatever band is, you know, he's working with. And, you know, he's got the cruise, uh, you know, whatever. Just, I, I just feel like, we need a little bit of a break from, from Chris Jericho, especially because there's so many other people that they can, they can give some time to like, you know, Takeshita, like Takeshita can use TV time that Jericho gets 
To catch the last week with Sammy Guevara was crazy, especially seeing it live. I think I was texting you guys and I was like, what are you guys seeing on your screen now? Because I was obviously ahead of you live. And uh, I wanted to talk about those repeated German suplexes on the ramp. Like mm-hmm. that dude needs more TV time. Take the Jericho time. Give it to guys like Takeshita. You know what I mean? Like, so, uh, you know, the way that this played out, I guess I'm okay with because we just need to build to this match Saturday as they normally do. We don't really have an idea of what's going to be on that show. We'll find out. They'll throw it together at the last minute. Um, and then you can hear about it on the Collider cast. But, you know, um, it is what it is. I know Jesse Ozog was here saying this was weird, right? Yeah, it was a little weird, but, you know, whatever. Uh, so, Joe, we move on to the next match of the night. Uh, and this was the eight-woman tag. Uh, and again, sort of these these teams that maybe we wouldn't normally see put together are put together because it's a special sort of homecoming edition and a little, you know, uh, tribute here to Brody Lee. Uh, but we have Anna Jay, who was number 99 in the mark order because she was the great one like Gretzky. Um, Thunder Rosa, who has recently made her return. Willow Nightingale, who came into her own and got signed when they were in Daly's place. And Chris Statlander, who also started to come into our, her own in uh, in lockdown period in Jacksonville. Uh, fun moment as they were circling, entering the ring, her and Willow were going around and there's somebody with a sign that says, you know, let Stoke, you know, be your manager. And Chris Statlander slowly pulls his sign down, the sign down from in front of their face. And it's Stoke just smiling. And then she slowly raises it back up. I thought that was fun. But that team was going up against Julia Hart and Sky Blue, along with the outcasts, Ruby Soho and Soraya, Harley Cameron in tow. And as we get to the end of this match, Anna Jay, Chris Statlander, Thunder Rosa, and Willow Nightingale win by submission with the Queen Slayer from Anna Jay on Sky Blue. So again, a nice little uh, nod, you know, one of Brody's X-Faction members getting the win for their team. Um, and then we, uh, we do find out we are going to get, uh, Anna J versus, uh, Julia Hart. Now, I don't know if they said that was going to be for at battle of the belts. I don't think so. Um, I think that might've just been, I don't know if that was for next Wednesday or for collision, but I don't believe it was for battle of the belts. It would have made perfect fucking sense to put it on battle of the belts, but I don't believe it is. Uh, oh wait, hold on. One else, first lieutenant photography is telling me on Battle of the Belts. Yes. By the way, uh, first lieutenant, um, I know we've been going back and forth in the chat here. Uh, I did see the photo of you in your shirt at Collision last week. You look fantastic. Um, you're just dressed to kill in that shirt. Uh, bummer though that they told you to put the sign down probably because you were in front of the crane shots. So bummer, but it's okay. You haven't let us down ever one LT. So uh, don't forget, we still have to get you on here one of these nights um, to join us. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll get that going. Um, 
But uh, Joe, what'd you, what'd you think of the eight woman tag match? You are still on Instagram live. Um, how about right? that? Don't it make was, me forget to stop it. <laughs> it was solid. Um, I'm glad they got so many, so many of these people on, on the show. It was a good use of that. It felt very similar pace and produced like the other eight man tag that we had earlier. Um, kind of similar format, but it is where they throw kind of matches. Uh, the, I was wondering why they had Anna Jay choke out Sky Blue coming. Anna Jay getting the win for the team. That makes sense. But, like, no, I thought they would protect Sky Blue. But knowing that it helped uh, set up this match against Julia Hart makes sense. Otherwise, I would have thought she would have got the pin or got the win over Ruby. So that whole outcast thing can have Splinter some more. Um, I like that the face, all the faces were pretty much coordinated in gold and black. So I'm always a big fan of, you know, coordinating tag teams or four person teams or whatever. And my only other thing is we still haven't gotten, I feel like we still haven't gotten a promo from Sky, Sky Blue about the character change and like what, what led her to lean into this darker side. Uh, it just, I don't know. Like, it felt like we, we never really got a response from her about this teaming with Julia and, and following her path. And Yeah, you're, you're right. We've not heard from Sky Blue sort of about her journey or transformation. Um, I don't know if I've honestly ever heard Sky Blue talk. Maybe once or twice backstage when she was still wearing the backwards baseball cap. Um Maybe she's not a strong talker, which is why they haven't, we haven't gotten that. But again, I sort of have to go back to my gripe with, with Sky Blue is just, I don't buy any of her character work. And I'm, listen, she's perfectly fine in the ring. Um, they put her in, in some big situations and she's able to show up and, and have her moments. That's fine. But like she comes out and she's supposed to look mean and she just sort of looks flat and she's, she comes out when she's a extreme baby face. And like, even when she's sort of like smiling, I'm like, don't buy it. Like, I just, I feel like she's forcing all of her emotions. Like, you know, just be you, I guess. Uh, and now they're saying in the chat, uh, 1LT and Jesse Ozog say, watch her Hey EW episode. She did Hey EW. She's not a good talker. There's some comments there too. Um, but yeah, I just don't know. Like she's just still flat to me. I, I, she's supposed to be a heel. I get it. She's supposed to look sort of like disinterested and pissed off, but she just comes out and she just looks like whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. That's yeah. my only gripe with Sky Blue. Yeah, I think if they could get her to be a little bit more natural and not so much playing the role of a face or playing the role of a heel, but just... um, And yeah, she might not be great. Maybe she's not comfortable yet or really a great, a great promo or anything like that, but like, you can still work around that by saying, you know, saying more with less, you know, like making a couple of words really impactful or making things really quiet and short and sweet. 
and then have maybe Julia there with her to help carry some of the rest of the promo. Um, it doesn't have to be much, and there's ways you can you know work around things and still present her strongly. Yeah, no disagreement there. They just, I think they just have to find something that works and start to grow from there. And I'm with you. Just, I would hope somebody's giving her the note of saying, like, don't play a character. Like, you know, just sort of be yourself. You know, don't force being a bad guy. Don't force being a good guy. Like, yeah. just, just be your best you, I guess. I was just, I was really just hoping that they weren't going to say, oh, this works for Julia. I can go down this, like, doing this character. And she really, like, found herself and found her groove playing this character. No, Sky, maybe Sky can do that too. And I don't, I didn't, I'm hoping that that's not what they're trying to do with her too. Like, you know, it worked for one person who wasn't really a strong talker and wasn't really confident in her face character. And, you know, maybe Sky can do it too. And I, I wanted them to not make a carbon copy. Right. Yeah, no, I know. Well, we'll see what's going to happen with Sky Blue. Like I said, no problem with her her in ring work. Um, she did light. She did light a kid on fire. Yeah, that's what one uh, LT saying. Fun fact. Um, I've I've got to hear that story. So I guess I'll check out AEW. Um, so we move on to another match. Now this one wasn't announced at the time that we sort of saw the card for the night uh maybe it come together late or maybe it was announced super late but we got brian uh brian keith versus roddy strong and roddy strong does win by pinfall with the end of heartache in what was a pretty entertaining match and of course the undisputed kingdom was out there with him the whole time they didn't get involved uh but they were there and afterward, they set up uh, the ring and Adam Cole gets on the mic and says, you know, when he said this place was going to change, he meant it. And so many people are concerned about the fans respect, but they don't care about any of that. Roddy, uh, Roddy Strong, a 20 year veteran, one of the most physical, most incredible and pound for bound bell to bell, the greatest wrestler alive today. As far as he's concerned, the international championship has his name on it. Taven and Bennett, not just the greatest Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions of all time. They've never gotten the respect they deserved. And of course, the monster, the dominator, one of the most physical and vicious men in AEW, Wardlow. Now that Wardlow's surrounded by people that respect him, he promises that when the time is right, they're going to win the AEW World Championship. So Cole says to say hello to your new home or he should say your new kingdom and make sure you get comfortable because they're not going or they're not going anywhere. They're going to be here for a very long time. So Joe, uh, the match was pretty good. Uh, the only thing I'm going to ask you about the match before you give your thoughts on it. And also the after, you know, uh, promo, uh, Brian Keith, they've been putting him on display for a while now. Uh, you know, at the ring of honor pay-per-view, he wrestled twice, uh, one in the pre-show, one in the main, sh in the main, uh, pay-per-view they've been putting him out on these matches on television, uh, you know, sort of featuring him in moments where, you know, he's not going to win, but he's going to make, he he's going to look good and make the other person look good. I thought he did well with Roddy tonight. I just hope, I, I hope they're going to sign him to some sort of official deal. You know, um, I haven't seen anything. 
I'm sure he's got some sort of appearance thing going on, hopefully right now, because they've been showing him. But man, if they're looking for something from him, I don't know what else they're looking for, because I thought he's looked good since they've been putting him on TV. Uh, And he's a really entertaining wrestler. Uh, He can wrestle. So uh, any thoughts from you out of the possibility of Brian Keith being sort of officially signed and doing something with him? Would you be into seeing them bring Brian Keith in? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, there's a lot of opportunity for him in AEW and a lot of things you can do in RH. Uh, he, he's a guy that, you know, similar to AR Fox, where AR Fox had a long history of, you know, a resume really long and impressive on the independence. A lot of guys, you know, vouched for him and the guy's big break finally getting us to sign with AEW. Um, I think, you know, the bounty hunter's been doing this for a dozen or so years. Uh, he's shown that he can work really well with some of the top guys in AEW, and uh, it makes sense to me to to sign him at to, on some kind of level of a deal. Um, and you know, on the, on the other side of the coin here, I know in the past weeks we were talking about uh, like Queen Amanada, and you know, rumors mm-hmm. has she's been signed to some sort of deal with AEW for a while. And she kind of, I felt like they've been using her kind of in a similar way as uh, Brian Keith, as far as, you know, featuring, featuring them and um, getting a lot of TV time. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, both of them, I wasn't even thinking Queen Aminar, both of them have been doing good work. So I hope to see them rewarded at some point, you know, even if you're going to say, we're going to sign you, maybe you're going to be focused in ring of honor, like cool. Like, you know, but uh, I hope they both get rewarded uh, for what they've been doing. Now, as far as the match goes, any issues with the match and the the promo that uh, Adam Cole cut afterwards? No, the match was solid. I thought I was really impressed by just, you know, the strike for strike ability between uh, Keith and, and Strong. Um, I think I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week, Roddy's recovery from the neck injury is a miracle um if and that yeah i mean if that didn't show his strength and his you know determination and, and how much he really wants that international championship um i know ryan still calls him a faker but no even taz agreed with us on commentary tonight so that's my um, guy yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to call Taz a liar. No. So the match was solid. Um, no, right outcome. The promo felt a little repetitive uh, from the first time they delivered it. And Wardlow looks like every like high school, college kid out there with the hairdo and his like ho-hum, disinterested look on his face. Uh, this is probably my least favorite presentation of Wardlow that they've had. But I just want to see them start to use Wardlow. That's my sort of main issue mm-hmm. here is like, let's do something now with Wardlow. Like, yeah, he's part of the faction. You respect him. Um, we saw Roddy this week. Maybe next week, if they're going to give him some more TV time, we see Wardlow in a match. Doesn't need to be a straight squash. Give him, give him somebody who can go. And let him go a little bit, but I think we need to start seeing more of Wardlow and not just somebody who basically 
is the same character he was playing when he was with MJF, just standing there looking mean to be a heater because he can wrestle and he can do some cool stuff. So let's get that going. That's sort of my stance. I will say for the people who don't care for the kingdom, I think that they've, I've liked what they've done with the kingdom now that they've revealed them as part of this, you know, undisputed kingdom faction. Uh, they've come off with a little bit more edge and seriousness to them, which I appreciate. So maybe it's because Matt Taven's not wearing purple. I don't know. Matt Taven. They are a good tag team. And when you go back and you look at some of the work they were doing in Ring of Honor prior, also good stuff, you know, solid matches. It's just a, I understand what some people have against them, Joe, just as far as like personality wise, they just seem to lack a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, there's just not a whole lot of personality. But it is what it is. Anyway, we go backstage one more time with the gorgeous Renee Paquette. And she's interviewing Diana Perazzo or as some people call her Donna Palazzo. Um, and she says she's still on cloud nine and she has her sights set on Tony storm. And if Tony wants to pretend she doesn't know who she is, she'll be on collision. She'll send her a, a reel or a, a film to watch. And that's when red velvet rolls up to basically issue a challenge. Uh, and she says, I'll be on collision. And why don't you come and we can stir it up. And Deanna asks her if that's her stirring hand. And Velvet says, yeah. And Deanna says, good to know. And walks out. Um, so that should be fun. Um, I wasn't here to talk about Deanna last week. Now, I know a lot of people who a lot of people were looking for last week. Um, and that would be uh, Ms. Monet. Uh, but... What I'm happy to see, Joe, is that there wasn't a whole lot of backlash out there basically being like, boo, it should have been, you know, Mercedes. Listen, Diana is a fantastic signing for them overall. I mean, the women's division, of course, because she's there, but for the company overall, she's one of the, the best female talents out there right now. So, you know... Uh, for a company, for the company too, it's a big win because they were able to take a big woman's free agent off the board. Uh, so listen, if you haven't seen Deanna, you know, she can, um, she can certainly, uh, wrestle. I hope that we get a good first showing out of her Saturday night. I wouldn't expect there to be a bad, you know, appearance, but you know, we'll see what makes me a little nervous is that red velvet sometimes sort of backslides, right? Like we had seen that before she got hurt, she would have like a really great match. And then, you know, she would sort of like backslide. She'd like take two steps back or she wouldn't have that great an appearance. She's looked pretty good so far. So knock on wood, I'm hoping they have a good match. I, I have no doubt that Deanna would be able to, to make lemons out of lemonade if that's what we got. But, um, but yeah, I think that uh, Dion is a fantastic signing for them, and I'm looking forward to seeing her first match Saturday night when I will eventually watch it, maybe on Sunday or Monday. So, 
Uh, Joe, anything you want to add about Deanna? I know you probably talked about her last week, but yeah, nothing. I mean, you, you hit the, hit the nail on the head. I think it just further bolsters that roster, the, the women's roster for AEW. And, you know, Tony Khan has said that he really wants to go after uh, you know, free agents in the women's division heavy this year. And so far he's delivering. So, and if he lands the big money free agent, I guess, um, then that will pretty much put a stamp on it. And once other people come back from injury in that division, you know, whether it's Jimmy Hayer or, you know, when Britt Baker comes back on TV, I mean, that's a loaded roster of, of talent for women alone. Yeah, there will be prime pickings for Wendy Richter. Um, and let's not forget, too, because uh, we didn't see it tonight. And again, I wasn't here to talk about it last week, but uh, uh, Serena Deeb is on her way back as well. You know, they're pushing her hard. You know, we had we had talked about her, I think, a couple of weeks ago, how she went on her own social and basically said, you know, she was dealing with her injuries, but also she had some seizures pop up, you know, that she was sort of dealing with the effects of that. So, um, so Deeb is coming back. Eventually Hater will be back. You know, like you said, a lot of women, you know, to mix it up in this division that make it strong, adding Deanna just makes it stronger. Thunder Rose is back. You know, we haven't seen her in a one-on-one situation yet, but, you know, you figure it's only a matter of time before we start getting her involved in some singles matches. So things are looking up for this women's division. And I know we sort of always, you know, say this with a, you know, talk about this, you know, with like a grain of salt because we've seen them do really good things. And then the whole division takes a shit on itself, but I'm feeling good about it right now. So we'll keep an eye on that match Saturday night. But Joe, we then move into the main event of the evening, and it's a tornado tag match, which basically is false count anywhere, no rules. And it's Darby Allen and Sting versus Don Callis family, Konosuke Takeshita, and Powerhouse Will Hobbs. Uh, and you know, we see some crazy shit out of them as we always do. Uh, you know, they're, they're in the ring, they're out of the ring, falls are counting anywhere. Um, we, uh, you know, we see at one point, um, Darby Allen, I think does a coffin drop off of a scaffolding, but also one of my favorite moves that was so simple, um, Takeshita and Hobbs basically you know, grabbing Darby Allen from his hands and his feet and swinging him and throwing him across the ring from one turnbuckle to the other. Uh, like they're throwing a mail sack or something, you know? Um, and that's male M A I L not M A L E weirdos. Um, that was fun. And then of course, Sting um, with a scorpion death drop off the stage through tables on powerhouse Hobbs. Um, That's what gets the win. And so Darby and Sting are victorious post-match. Shivani gets in the ring to talk to Sting. He's asking him about his opponent for his final match because it's coming up. And all of a sudden, Joe, we hear the cannon or we hear the music hit that it is a 
super kick party and the young bucks enter their back but it's a different young bucks nick jackson's wearing white no beard he has a mustache hair pulled back matt jackson in all black he also has a mustache very reserved not doing anything they're just kind of standing there looking down at the ring sort of like shrugging saying like eh eh and so that's sort of i guess them making a challenge although nothing is was official in that moment but uh it looks like we're gonna get the young bucks uh versus sting and darby for sting's last match so joe a couple things to you as we get your thoughts what'd you think of the match obviously but what I'm really interested in hearing is what did you think about the young bucks being the final opponent for sting? I didn't know it was going to be a tag match. Like I would have thought it was going to be a singles, maybe a short thing, but I guess the tag match is the way to go. Right. Like, um, uh, you know, uh, sting can go longer in a match like that. We can protect sting a little bit. Um, so that, but also like this, new look young bucks because we heard they were taking a step away from wrestling right they were taking a step away from being the elite well we had sort of heard the rumblings of them retooling their you know characters but i don't know what to make of this because they didn't give us a lot what did you think about this all well let's go to the match first so the match the tornado tag match or how I just refer to it as like the Sting special because I feel like most tornado tag matches involve Sting as a way to help protect him and also a way for him to jump off things, um, much like he did tonight during the Scorpion Death Drop and hitting one of the two tables. Yep, uh, I did not think he needed to do that at his age, and uh, especially with you no know, Revolution only a couple months away. Yeah, like, don't need to get him injured this close to his final match. Um, I, uh, I enjoyed Kashka's uh, chops and then just Ming mugging Ric Flair. Yes. There's no, I think deep down inside Ric Flair knew that Takeshi's chops were more vicious, even though he wouldn't sell it. Um, Takeshka had a nice little callback with your rolling Germans that you mentioned earlier. Uh, he did that again to Darby uh, on the outside tonight, which was a, a nice little move if he can keep doing um, in his arsenal. But uh, yeah, I don't know why you had all the same things like, you know, Darby coffin dropping off of tall things. Mm-hmm. Wait for him. You no, know, eventually I'm sure he'll coffin drop off of Mount Everest in April or wherever he's going. Uh, Joe, do you remember? I, I hate to interrupt you, but do okay. you remember one of my fondest i guess daily's place memories was when darby got jumped by scorpio sky and ethan page and they threw him down the concrete steps i Mm -hmm. to this day think about that and i'm like why the fuck would you do that oh my god don't and you know it's his idea probably right it's like 100 percent no it'd be really cool throw me down the steps and they're like are you sure just ridiculous uh, anyway sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no and then so it was fine you know it's like uh you know give them a win 
as they build towards this pay-per-view. And I know the, the Bucks coming out, I, I figured they had something had to happen, obviously, with the overrun and with that match being the main event. Um, the, I don't know what to think of the presentation of the Bucks. I thought, I mean, I knew that everyone was talking about they were going to up, like, kind of do a little makeover or change their presentation a little bit. I, I don't know if it changed enough for me where, like, I feel like they've done mustaches before. Um, sure, they're not wearing, like, rompers and weird bright colors. Uh, I would have loved if they were just shaved, like, cut their hair, cut their hair down. I think that would have oh, been... man. Yeah. To really lean into the whole, like, new us. More aged, not the young bucks anymore, we're the bucks. No type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, and like so the clothes that they came out and like did not look great. So, but for them being the the match against Sting and Darby, I like the fact that Sting can tag, like you said, for the reasons you said. Um, it makes sense that he wants to go out with Darby as a tag team partner and that them have a moment. Uh, the Bucks are, I guess, a good established team. Uh, it'll be a good team for them to, you know, for Sting to beat in the end. Um, I yeah, I guess I didn't really know who else, I guess, who Sting would, should go out against. That's, you no know, not really, really old. So yeah. I guess having, you know, the founders of AEW who helped bring, you know, helped bring Sting in, I guess, makes sense to kind of bookend it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't have a problem with it being the Bucks. I just and and you hope they're gonna pay this off um next week with some sort of like promo or interview segment with the Bucks, but I just want to know sort of like I need them to explain where they're at. You know what I mean? Like we went away, we had our fits, you know, like our our, you know meltdowns sort of right before we took our time off you know we did some soul searching whatever they're going to say i need them to say it right so that we know sort of like where they stand and sort of what their characters are going to be because just having one black one one dressed in black one dressed in white doesn't tell me anything so i need them to sort of explain it for me because I just don't get it right now on first look. I'm sort of with you. Like if they did something drastic, like cut their hair or whatever, we might've gotten a better idea. Um, what I'd also hope for is if they're going to do something like that, Joe, if they're going to be more serious, they're not going to be the young bucks. They're going to be the bucks or whatever they're going to do. I would hope they changed their music. You know what I mean? Like, this doesn't fit this new personality. If they're all business, if they're sort of corporate young bucks, EVPs, whatever, um, I would hope they change it all, not just what we wear in the ring or how we, the style we wrestle our matches. I hope that they change the entire, um, the entire presentation, but we're to me, we're going to need to see more or hear more from them. I think before we have a complete idea, but for me, just the first, the first look at them. Okay. 
they're just wearing different clothes. Like I don't know anything else. And they're sporting mustaches. I'm sorry, moustaches. So. Well, either way, Joe, that's the way the show ends tonight. So we'll get more uh, about, you know, the Bucks hopefully next week. And we'll start to sort of push the sting in Darby versus the Young Bucks. Uh, so we'll we'll see where they go from there. And then as far as Collision and Rampage and or Collision and Battle of the Belts go, we've been pushing it. But we'll remind you again that um, you can uh, tune in Saturday night to our YouTube, Instagram, or I'm sorry, not Instagram, because it's sort of funky. I didn't set it up for uh, I didn't set that up for Saturday, Joe, because you have to like actually put it in here, then go to Instagram and like set things live in Instagram. So it's a weird process, but um, you can catch the Collider cast Saturday night live on YouTube, Facebook and X uh, and hear Ryan and his guests talk about what's going on a collision and rampage. Uh, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll cover dynamite on uh, Wednesday next week. But before we wrap things up, there was a lot that happened in the world of AEW over the last week. So we're going to hit you with some of the news and notes. One thing that happened, Joe, as we sort of go back to last uh, Thursday and the news that started on last Thursday was um, the Hollywood hunks, Ryan Nemeth and Nick Nemeth showed up at wrestle kingdom uh, they were sitting ringside um, for a couple matches. And then eventually uh, the Nemeths uh, were there for the IWGP Global Championship Triple Threat. And David Finlay beat Will Ospreay and Moxley to become the first to carry that belt. He started talking shit to Nick Nemeth or Dolph Ziggler. And that led to a brawl that continued into the back. So, um Looks like, you know, perhaps Nick is going to be doing a little bit of business in New Japan, and I have more news on that coming. But um, an interesting sort of way to start for him to start dipping his toes into what else is available for him out there. I think it's awesome that he's going to New Japan. Um, But also, Joe, seeing him start to dip his toe into New Japan makes me feel like there's a chance eventually we might see him in AEW. Um, And I'd be okay with that. What are your thoughts on Nick Dolph Ziggler Nemeth uh, possibly showing up at some point in some capacity, even if it's just like a forbidden door thing uh, in AEW? Would that excite you or does it give you a moment of pause? And the reason I ask that is because there have been a lot of criticism I've been seeing in places saying, man, we're basically looking at WWE light with AEW because now we're just picking up the pieces that have been let go from the WWE. Like where, where do you lie on this? So I think a lot of people probably anticipated that he would go to AEW. Um, you know, his brother's there. He's bad on some, some portions of, you know, being the elite, whether it's during his brother's segments or other things. Um, it just sounded like he wanted a different, you know, a new start, a different challenge. Uh, so that's why I was expecting him to show up at AEW. Uh, but to have him show up at New Japan was a fun little surprise. That opens a door where he can work with a lot of, uh, you know, talent, interesting talent that 
I think you can have really good matches with over there. Um, and to your point, and to your question about is AEW becoming, you know, WWE light signing a lot of the you know, former guys. Um, I think there's a healthy balance of that you have to find between not falling into the WCW trap of signing aging talent uh, based on name recognition, but also, but you still want to sign guys who have a ton of experience um, who have worked, you know, at main eventers, mid carters, uh, who can really help, you know, develop and lift up other younger talent that you already have there. Um, so I don't think you ever have, you know, they probably need more of those guys as, uh, you know, guys like Dustin Rhodes and them start to age out and start to retire. Uh, bringing in a person like Dolph Ziggler, you know, would be a, is a nice, would be a nice crew, uh, group as far as replacing, uh, some of the older people. Yeah. You know, and I hear what you're saying too, about, you know, you don't want to sign it kind of just be signing that aging talent, you know? Those are things that I think plague WCW, TNA, um, you know, plenty other places where you saw, you know, guys who were past their prime, you know, who maybe had a little bit left in the tank and could draw some visitor, you know, some viewers. But like, it can't be all you do. I, you know, I bring up the question because personally, I don't think they're becoming WWE light as far as just snatching up anybody who is in the WWE. I think they're they're being methodical about the talent they're pulling in and and the people that they are to have interesting things for them to do. Now, do they all pan out? Clearly not. Andrade didn't pan out. I wish he would have because I think there was a lot more for him to do in AEW that were that were that could have been really interesting and styles of matches that we would have been able to see him wrestle that he couldn't wrestle in the WWE. He's likely headed back there and that's totally fine. I thought he was a good signing at the time for AEW. Didn't pan out. Um, you know, uh, Miro, I think that's a good signing for AEW. He hasn't had a ton to do, but I think it's a good signing. I think they just need to find more for him to be involved with, you know, Adam Copeland, good signing. Like he just looks like he's having fun in everything he's doing in AEW, because I think every moment that he has in the ring, it's almost like that. Holy shit. I can't believe I'm still doing this, you know, good stuff. Now guys who are maybe older, but aren't at the end guys like Ziggler or Mustafa Ali. Like these are guys I think you sign, um, because they're talent, right? Like they are good talent. Ziggler is, is good talent. I'm not signing him just because he was a WWE guy. I'm signing him because there's definitely a lot that he can do. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people with what's being lined up in in New Japan. So, um, but beyond that too, Joe, like in, in my mind, like you see a lot of the rumors about like AEW is going to sign like these WWE guys who worked, you know, on the business side, right? Like their live events and production people and stuff like that. To me, that's also sort of like a smart business move, right? Like, in 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 those cases, why would you not go with somebody who worked for the biggest, you know, wrestling company in the United States and world, quite frankly? Like, 
it, if you have the opportunity to sign a production guy or a live events person or whoever, are you going to not because they were a WWE guy? So, you know, I understand the criticism to me, I guess. Again, I bring it up because I, I don't see it necessarily that way all the time. And they haven't just been going out snatching up WWE people who are retreads. I think they're being pretty good about the people they're picking up. Yeah, I think it's just a natural evolution of AEW over the years as they continue to, you know, mature as a company. Sure, sure. Well, Joe, moving on, we were talking about the women's division uh, and Deanna Perrazzo, uh, somebody we haven't seen a lot of, Britt Baker. Um, and she did a recent interview with uh, Ring the Bell. Um And uh, she was asked why she sort of took a step back in 2023. And her response was, I think with our very passionate fans, they're very vocal with what they want and what they don't want, what they like, what they don't like. And we listen. I listen. So if they're telling me they want more or less of something, then okay, I hear you loud and clear. And a lot of them said we want less Britt Baker. So if that's what they want, okay, that's what they'll get. Let me take a step back. Here's the rest of the women. Someone else take the ball and run with it and make the women's division about you and you be the face of the women's division. And when no one else can do that, I'll be there to pick up the pieces and do it all over again. Um, so um, she did, she did say one more thing. She said, AEW right now, there's a new vibe, a new era to it. And it's just kind of figuring out uh, when and how I fit into it uh, in when I fit into that Um, and taking over the women's division all over again, it takes patience. So Joe, um, I mean, it's a pretty good answer and it's a reason why, I mean, I know, I think we've sort of heard that she's also been dealing with injuries, but I think before she was dealing with injuries, we were definitely seeing less of her. Um, Part of that could also be storyline. Right. Like Jamie Hayter and her were involved. I think we were heading to a split and then Jamie Hayter got hurt. So now what, it, what else is there to do with Brit? But I, I will agree with her on the point where I feel like we were seeing a ton of Brit Baker and I don't mind seeing other people than Brit Baker and they've been doing really well with it. So anything you want to read into here about Brit, Brit Baker's comments? No, you're, I think we did kind of like, slow down on the Brit on TV stuff, especially after Jamie got hurt, right? So I felt like she was kind of in limbo of what to do with her from a storyline perspective, and they don't think they ever really put her in one, a long-term one. They kind of had her mixed in some other matches. Um, her comments, I think, are they're, they're fine. There's the one comment about I don't know if there's her just being really confident like she usually is, her being in character, but the no, like it's implying that no one is going to step up like she can. Mm-hmm. Or she says, No, when, not if, but when someone can't fill my shoes, right? Like, well, come back. Um, I thought that was again, I can't tell if that's her being really confident in her abilities or her being in character, but so I don't want to you know read into it too much. That's the one line that caught my attention. Well, all I know is that we'll be on the lookout. At some point, she she will come back. Um, so we'll see what's on the horizon for Britt Baker. 
but I'm with you. Could be storyline, could be, you know, or not storyline, could be her character, could be truly the way she feels. Like nobody can fill my shoes. She seems like she's got that type of cocky attitude. Um, but moving on to some other things, Joe, um, we found out this past week that Roosh is going to be sidelined for a little while. That's because he was working most of the Continental Classic injured. He said in the AEW Continental Classic, I tore my hamstring in the second match I had. I will recover and ready, uh, return readier, ready and hungrier than ever, than ever for a fight. Um, and he put a picture up in that same post of him with his, uh, you know, hamstring sort of wrapped up. Uh, so quite, uh, quite a feat, I guess, for the amount of sort of pain that he had to be going through wrestling, um, with that injury, because that second match was against Mark Briscoe on November 29th. And he wrestled all the way through to the pay-per-view on the 30th. So he went an extra month. Um, so that's tough. Uh, the matches that he had after that Moxley lethal and swerve. And then he was in the eight man tag at world's end. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, just sort of crazy to hear that he was working hurt basically that whole time. So hope to see him back soon, not too soon because you want that to be healed up pretty good, but, uh, but a bummer because Roosh was, uh, Roosh was doing good work. At least now it makes a little bit more sense of, you know, maybe you can push Preston Vance as a singles guy now, uh, kind of like they did tonight with him and, and Jose in his corner. Sure. Absolutely. So Joe battle in the Valley, which you'll be at on January 13th. It's also streaming on Triller. I don't know if you happen to see an updated card, but a couple names got added to it. Uh, Matt Riddle and Eddie Kingston are involved in this show now. So you'll get to see some, uh, some additional talent. The card for that match, uh, Okada versus Will Ospreay. Fucking awesome. Uh, Moxley versus Shingo Takagi in a no DQ match. That'll be fucking awesome. Eddie Kingston versus Gabe Kidd in for the AEW Continental Crown. Uh, so you know, that answers, I guess, some of our questions as far as like this championship. How will it be defended? Where he's defending it on New Japan television or New Japan show, excuse me. So um interesting there that'll be fun uh matt riddle and a mystery partner will face zach saber jr and bad dude tito julia versus trisha dora for the new japan strong women's title hikuleo and el fantasmo versus clark connors and alex coughlin for the new japan strong open weight tag team championship david finlay versus tjp volador jr and mascara dorada versus Rocky Romero and uh, Soberano Jr. Shota Umino, Fred Rosser, and Jacob Fatu versus Tom Lawler, Joel Nelson, and Roy Isaacs. Stephanie Vacker versus Vivian Van. That's a kickoff match. And also Matt Vandergr- uh, Vandegriff versus Goldie in a kickoff match. So, Joe, you're in for a pretty good card that night. Um, Osprey Okado should be awesome. Mox and Takagi in a no-DQ Continental Crown. Interesting to see who Matt Riddle's partner is going to be. 
Uh, so uh, Joe's going to witness it live, but if you want to see it, you can see it on Triller TV at 10 p.m. on January 13th. So Joe, very excited for you to witness that live and in, in color. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I don't, I, I wasn't expecting or wanting Matt Riddle on this card. Um, I know he's obviously a very polarizing figure, to say the least. And that's maybe why they brought him in there. But um, I don't need to see him wrestle. I feel like it's a, a waste of Zach Sabre Jr. But I'm going to say this, Joe. I think you and a lot of people are going to be in for a surprise with Matt Riddle. And I only say that because I feel like we've seen Matt Riddle and what he could do in the WWE, but I think he can do more and maybe we'll get pleasantly surprised once sort of the gloves are off and he's able to sort of wrestle maybe the way that he wants to. I'm hoping that that's what we get. You know, he's gone on the record and basically said, I don't want to be the goofy Matt Riddle that I was in the WWE anymore. Not that I wasn't, you know, happy to do it, but like that time's done. So maybe we're going to see a different Matt Riddle. Maybe he's going to surprise us all, but it will be interesting. I don't know who that mystery partner could be, but maybe it'll be a, a fun, uh, a fun partner. Hopefully. Uh, there is some news on Kota Ibushi as well, Joe. Um, there were clips of him laboring through a, a main event match with, um, or during his, uh, pro wrestling Noah January 2nd, uh, show the new year, 2024. Um, some new and existing injuries appeared that limited him. Uh, and there were reports following that he'd been taken to a hospital and then on Thursday, he posted a message on X apologizing to fans for the match. Uh, the translation said, I was scammed by a place called C5 Clinic, which is a nationwide clinic that I mumbled, uh, I mumbled about before. Please be careful, everyone. Again, this is translation, so mumbled, probably not the right word. I think Noah will release information about my surgery, fraction, dislocation, etc., Sorry for the sorry match, everyone. It is all my fault. Um, so um, he also went on to indicate that the injuries will not be an end to his in-ring in career. He said, sorry for the delay in getting back to you. I'm sure Noah will report back with more details, but I just wanted to let you know that from the inside of my left ankle has been pretty messed up and I will have uh, I will be having surgery on the right ligament. I will all, I will have a release for you soon. I am really, really sorry. I've been working toward my goal of 20 years and I think it's time for me. Uh, I think it's time for me to be active. I still have a lot of contracts to fulfill and I want to do it. I try not to think too much about the future, but I have a lot of things to do like taking care of my mother. So when the time comes, I'll tell you about it. So Looks like some injuries for uh, for Ibushi that he's going to be working through, but he is not done. So I don't know how far back these injuries might go, Joe. Maybe they've been lingering, but mm, we know we talked about it when we saw him in AEW, um, how he just didn't look like the same person. Maybe these have been lingering and he just never got them taken care of. And now it's you know so bad that it has to be taken care of. But 
hopefully we see him back and better and, uh, you know, back to the Ibushi that we're used to seeing. The other thing, Joe, is clearly we've been following along Chris Statlander and uh, Stokely Hathaway's sort of saga of will they, won't they? Um, and after Friday night Rampage's sort of um, interaction went south, uh, believe it or not, Kurt Angle offered a message to Stokely, uh, and it said, Willow and Stat, it's, a fo- it's former champion Kurt Angle. It hurts me deeply how you've treated my boy. Stokely had a flight to Japan to run over Moxley with a Mitsubishi at Wrestle Kingdom, but he chose to be on Rampage to watch you two live. That, to me, is a changed man. 2024 is for the sh- uh, 2024 is for the short bald kings with a so-so credit score. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Hashtag give Stokely a chance. Okay, I'm glad that's freaking done. Stokely, where's my money? Or am I going to have to kick your ass? And that was the video that he put out. Such a fun way to sort of advance the story. Um, and really amazing for Kurt Angle to do. Uh, I I really love what's going on with Stokely and Chris Statlander. So this is just a whole different level having it done on social. I thought that was so much fun. Stokely's so good at you know, playing up the character on social media and adding layers to on on screen story angles. Absolutely. He's he's good. He's real good. And I I'm interested to see where this goes with uh Chris Statlander. Uh Joe, there's also a little bit of swerve news that came out. Um so obviously Swerve likes blood and guts because he was involved in that Texas death match with Hangman Adam Page. Um but um that apparently wasn't the only horror uh that he was taking part in last year. He had a role in Samuel Gonzalez Jr.'s film Night of the Missing. And it must have been a good experience because uh, Gonzalez Jr.'s next project has been announced and Swerve uh, is again uh, going to have a role in the movie Stiletto. Uh, The writer-director said the movie is an homage to early slasher flicks from the 1980s. Um, And there's an official description that reads, after a year after the grisly murder of a local exotic dancer, the victim's sister, Lyric, searches for the serial killer responsible as he stalks and kills his favorite dancers on the night of the anniversary. There is no word yet on uh, Swerve's role, but it had been catching uh, a little bit of, uh, it has been actually catching uh, a little bit of press. So, you know, good for Swerve expanding his, uh, his reach good for AEW because it gets a little press and uh, we'll have to see what stiletto is all about. When that movie uh, does come out, there's no date on it yet. But if you want to see Swerve acting, look up Night of the Missing, and then we'll get Stiletto at some point, I guess, this year. Watch you just play some kind of mogul in the movie. In the movie, he's probably the strip club owner. I mean, it just fits. Uh, so Joe, we talked about New Japan stuff. We talked about Nemeth and and Riddle and some other guys. Uh, there have been a bunch of shows announced for New Japan. Uh, they have a line of shows, uh, new beginning shows. Um, and um, 
Nick Nemeth, uh, Danielson, and um, Riddle all appear on the cards. So, uh, you know, we're not a New Japan uh, podcast, but because so much talent crosses over, we'll take you through some of those cards. So coming up, the new beginning in Nagoya, that's taking place Saturday, January 20th. We're going to have Tama Tonga versus Evil for the Never Openweight title. Taji Ishimori versus Great Okan for possession of the KOPW 2024 trophy. Uh, Los Ingranables de Japan. So that's Naito, Takagi, Suji, and Takahashi and Bushi versus just five guys. Sonata, Taichi, uh, Takamichinoku, Duki, and Yuya Yumura. Yuamura, excuse me. Uh, we'll have uh, Tanahashi Okada, Big Tom Ishii, and Togi Makabe versus TMDK Zack Sabre Jr., Mikey Nicholas, uh, sorry, Mikey Nichols, Shane Haste, and Kosei Fujita. The Gorillas of De- Destiny, Hikuleo, and El Fantasmo versus Chase Owens and Kenta. That's a non title match. El Desperado and Master Wato versus Sho and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Uh, the United Empire. Uh, versus Bullet Club War Dogs, uh, uh, Tomokai uh, Honma, I don't know if I'm saying that right, and Shota Umino versus the House of Torture, uh, and then Shona Kado and, uh, versus Katsuya Morishimi. That's a kickoff match. That's the card for January 20th. Their new beginning show in Osaka on February 11th uh, has the United Empire Osprey, Jeff Cobb, Hanare, TJP, and Francesco Akira versus the Bullet Club War Dogs. That's Finlay, Coglin, uh, Gabe Kidd, Clark Connors, and Drilla Maloney in a steel cage match. Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. Hikuleu and TG, TJP versus Kenta and Chase Owens for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. And Okada, Tanahashi, and Big Tamishi versus TMDK Shane Haste. Mikey Nichols and Kosei Fujita for the never open weight six man tag team titles. So that has a lot of potential for that card as well. There's also two nights for the new beginning in Sapporo night one on February 23rd, both Finlay versus Nick Nemeth for the IWGP global championship. Uh, Tanahashi versus Matt Riddle for the new Japan world television title. Los Ingranables de Japan uh, versus Sonata Taichi. Uh, Yuya Yu, uh, Yuamura, Doki, and Taka uh, Michinoku, and then uh, Toruyano and Tomoya versus mystery opponents. Night two on February 24th uh, is uh, calling for Naito versus Sonata for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Shingo Takagi versus Taichi, Taka Michinoku versus Bushi. Doki versus uh, Hiromu Takahashi, Yuya Uemura versus Yoda Suji, and Toro Yanu and Tomoya versus mystery opponents yet again. Uh, so a lot of shows coming up for New Japan, uh, which uh, have some interesting cards on them. Um, you know, if you're not into New Japan, you should definitely check out some of their stuff with some of the names I just threw out. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge New Japan fan, but I've been to plenty of their shows live. 
they're a lot of fun and those a lot of that talent can wrestle so uh definitely check it out uh joe there's also been a lot uh, i got a couple more here my apologies but there's been a lot that's been said about um what might happen with AEW media rights uh because their deal with warner brothers discovery is set to end uh at the you know is up at the end of this year um so we're not really sure what's going to happen with them yet um you know how much they're going to get paid and whether pro wrestling is part of warner brother discovery's future plans but there was a press release um that was issued about the 2023 rating success and it made a point to shout out dynamite rampage and collision which maybe not a bad sign right because it's basically saying this helped us in our ratings so they're mentioned alongside the nba and nhl as live telecasts that helped tnt grow its prime ratings by 14 percent among adults 25 to 54 and that point gets its own bullet um later uh under the header 2023 performance highlights for brands in the u.s networks at warner brothers discovery so again we're not sure what's going to happen if you're calling it out in sort of like a recap or an earnings report probably doesn't it feels like you're not going to dump it you know uh for something else or you know dump it all together but we still have to see how it plays out i just thought it was interesting joe because you know so many people are like oh they can't be happy with how they do on on the ratings and blah 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 clearly warner brothers is happy about this yeah, I, I, I think, I don't think they're going to make a move until they figure out what the NBA deal is, right? So, I think that's the first domino, and then, but I, I think, from what it feels like, like you're feeling, I feel it's like, you know, Warren Brothers Discovery will probably keep them in the fold. Uh, I know they were tossed initially; they were maybe going to be in the running for Monday Night Raw, but. I don't really, I guess I, I find, I find that hard to believe. So we'll see. the latest seems like that's not going to happen. It seems like Amazon or believe it or not, Disney, um, for, for raw, but we'll see. Uh, we've been talking quite a bit. Matt riddles come up in discussions here. I have to bring him up one more time, Joe, because, um, he did a Q and a with signed by superstars where he talked about Goldberg and he trolled him for a long time. And then they came to some sort of understanding. He said, I personally would love to work with William. I think William Goldberg would be a great match. I think I could get something out of him that people haven't seen in years. I think it'd be great for business. I know it'd be good for me at the end of the day. If he wants to do it, he'll do it. If he needs to do it, he'll do it. There would be a couple of places we could do that. Maybe AEW, maybe TNA, maybe New Japan. If it was going to happen, it would probably be AEW. Now, it's worth mentioning that Tony Khan has talked before about his friendship with Goldberg, and he's hinted that they could do business together someday. We haven't seen anything happen. Goldberg's also talked about putting on a retirement tour but it sounded, but it, it sort of sounded recently he would maybe want to stick, um, or he'd want to stick it to the WWE, and that might seem to work for Tony Khan as sort of a way to put this together. 
but that means that Riddle would need to be in AEW. And right now he's, he's really not. Um, so I bring this up, Joe, to ask you the question. I'm sure everybody's wondering, um, Goldberg wrestling in any capacity or being part of AEW, are you for or against? I am against. I don't need Goldberg to keep trying to, you know, have his swan song. We saw the last few times on, you know, on WWE, on the pay-per-views, how he's been. It's been rough. Um, I don't, you're at some point, you're kind of a liability to yourself and whoever your opponent is. And if Tony's, I feel like if Tony signs him, then that's just, you know, the fanboy and him signing the guy that he liked back in WCW. But so hopefully he doesn't. But you know what? They brought in Ric Flair. So who knows? Well, true. I listen. I'm not a huge Goldberg fan. Never was. I understand what he did for WCW and it was super important to them at the time. I don't need to see Goldberg ever again. I'm just not a huge fan. If they did something with him, I hope it'd be a one-off and it'd be done. Maybe you sign him to an appearance thing and he just, he's going to work one match for one pay-per-view or one special TV show. You have him on a couple appearances to build it. I don't need to see anything else. That is it. But he wouldn't put anyone over, though. No, he put himself over. He's retiring. Well, quote unquote, you know. Anyway, Joe, some unfortunate news um, about CJ Perry. We know what happened with her disgusting hand. Um, Due to the splinters that she got, she went to the hospital. She had surgery. Joe, it looks like she's going back uh, for surgery. She posted on Instagram uh, with a photo, not of her hand. So you can go check this one out. Uh, But it says, on my way to the hospital again, because complications happen with healing and infection possibly coming back. I find out soon if I need a second surgery. My God. All I can say is that sucks. Uh, Hopefully CJ Perry doesn't have to go through everything she did again. Um, But we'll see. One uh, first Lieutenant photos uh, saying she posted her hand again today. Uh, I didn't see today's post. I saw this post. I did not see the hand. I don't know. Need to go see the hand again, Uh, but man sucks. So we'll see what happens with CJ Perry. Uh, Two last things for you, Joe. Uh, One, uh, Samoa Joe is obviously our champion now. Um, He did an interview with Sports Illustrated, um, and he was talking talking through some stuff, and, and he's trying to get fans to focus basically on what's happening in the ring and on screen instead of, you know, um, what's going on or what's being said on podcasts and Twitter. And he said, I understand the world of professional wrestling. I've seen things work at a very high level. And I understand the type of people backstage that it takes for that to happen. I try to be that person as a champion. 
You're the standard bearer. I'm more than happy to take up that mantle. I really want to make a focus on getting the fans' attention back on the conflict in the ring, and a lot of petty stuff needs to melt away. Let's get back to entertaining people. Um, he also went on to talk about um, his belief that involve uh, his beliefs uh, that involve getting people focused on kayfabe beefs rather than behind the scenes ones. He said, my goal is to have really great matchups and extraordinary with extraordinary individuals, which we have in spades on this roster and give fans a reason to tune in. Something is about to go down and it's going to be violent. That's the vision I have for my reign and I'm looking forward to executing it. Um, so he clearly, we're going to start that with hook next week. Um, but beyond that, he was talking about wanting to face Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, Swerve, Hangman, and outside of the current roster, uh, he was asked about New Japan's uh, Okada. And he said, he can come get it too. That's for anyone. If someone feels like they want it, then show up and we'll see what you've got. But if you come up lame, I'll laugh in your face. So... Some uh, <clears throat> some interesting words in this interview with Sports Illustrated from Joe. The most interesting thing to me, Joe, is how he's trying to steer back to what's the product actually in the ring and not all the bullshit that's happened behind the scenes that's getting, you know, that news comes out for the all in, the brawl, you know, the brawl in, the, you know, uh, all, all that shit that happened backstage with he said, she said bullshit, not a Limp Bizkit reference, even though they're from Jacksonville, that fits in perfectly with tonight. Um, so, um, Joe, do you, I, I mean, I, I tend to agree with Samoa Joe here. Like it should be about what's going on with the product and not all the backstage shit. Do you tend to agree or is it just all encompassing because that's the world we live in today? No, I, I appreciate what Samoa Joe is saying here and how he's trying to carry himself and the company that's a champion. Uh, he's to me, he kind of, a a throwback of you know let's let's do good business together uh we don't have to be friends we don't have to do all this stuff but like let's put on a show for the people let's build build really good stories in the ring with the wrestling and how we build programs with each other uh just kind of the true art form of, of putting on the show so i can i re- i appreciate that it's refreshing to have somebody actually say we should focus on the shit going on with the product and not all the other bullshit. So I appreciate him for saying that. And Joe, the final thing I have for you, while we're talking about staying away from the backstage bullshit, I have to talk a little bit about backstage bullshit because we've heard so much shit about the altercation between CM Punk and the elite at all out. Uh, and who has non-disclosure agreements and who doesn't, you know, Ace Steel's wife, maybe Chris Jericho don't have NDAs. Um, and everybody's sort of assumed that anyone who witnessed it um, had signed an NDA. But when you think about where it happened at the gorilla position, it's not a locker room. It's not private. There's a lot of people standing around. Not everyone's even employed by Tony Khan. There was the chance for somebody else to witness this who's not under an NDA. And that 
is apparently what DJ Who Kid of the G Unit is saying because he was backstage at Wembley on August 27th to play Swerve to the Ring. And he said he wasn't particularly versed on the backstory or with the AEW roster. He does know what he saw and he doesn't seem to have any restrictions about sharing it because uh, I didn't hear this live, but I, funny enough, was listening to the show before maybe he talked about this. He went on Sam, uh, Sam Roberts and Jim Norton on January 9th and talked about it. Uh, some of what was said was, uh, you already know what happened in the back. It was straight, it was straight brawl city. So I'm not going to talk about that. The blood killing and death. Roberts said, well, I don't know if there were any murders per se. Who kid said you might as well, you might as well say it. Norton asked who had a fight backstage. Robert said there was a fight that led to the firing of CM Punk at the show. Who kid said, and I was right there. Robert said that has since led to the return of CM Punk to WWE. So it worked out all right for him. Um, and who kid says, cause we were, we were next. So they put us like to be ready to go. Norton said he had a physical altercation. Who kid's response was, Oh my God. And then Sam Roberts said, yeah, I don't know how much has been reported. There's a lot of rumors, but yes. And he sort of explains the whole deal. And who kid said, so it was ongoing. They told me and it had been like an ongoing, you know, situation. Uh, but I think about it, it was like the biggest moment for AEW, and I guess he was trying to sabotage that moment. Norton asked CM Punk was, who could said he wasn't trying to go out there, uh, out there. Um, that's when I'm in the middle of like, you know, I'm in the middle of like, you know me, I'm a fly on the wall. I was, it was very intense. You know, I always thought it was fake and all this shit. It's more real. Norton asked, punches thrown who kid's response was punches like it was wrestling back there like ddt everything all right i'm exaggerating but that shit but the shit that's crazy is there was yelling there was a yelling moment where he was like yo fuck this shit this is our moment everybody get the fuck out of here and do your shit and i was like i don't know how to wrestle but i was about to go out there it was very intense, man. I always respect wrestling after I saw that. Norton said, who said that? This is our moment. Who could said, who's that? The big guy, the Hawaiian guy, the Hawaiian looking guy. Uh, so he's referring to Samoa Joe. And Norton said, but it wasn't CM Punk. Who could said, nah, but it was a guy who was going ham. And I was like, oh shit. So a lot of this lines up to the reports that are already out there, but it is funny to hear that DJ who kid was just standing around witnessing all of this. Uh, and he did go out there and talk about it. So apparently there's no NDA unless he's going to get one in the next few days, but who kid Joe G units, very own who kid. I think he's still with G unit. Is G unit still G unit? I don't, I don't know. Well, I know at one point, shady like shady records had like you know their own dj right so like it was dj green lantern and then i think eventually he left and like it was who kid um but i don't know who who kids with anymore 
I know who kid has its own show on shady 45 on Sirius XM, but who kid is funny as shit. If nobody out there has ever seen or listened to who kid like talking interviews, he's fucking hilarious. He's out of his goddamn mind. And I can only imagine the life of a DJ has to be wild. So that is it, Joe. That is it. Asian Joe, not Samoa Joe. His reign is just starting. Um, but that's all I have for you tonight. Uh, so why don't we wrap this up uh, and throw out some plugs? So, Joe, why don't you tell the people where they can find you on social and what you're going to be up to? Sure. Uh, at, at underscore Asian Joe on social media. Um, otherwise, and in and, and my bio on my social media, you'll see a link to my serial review blog where I review random novelty serials. Um, if you have a suggestion, please let me know. It's been a while since I've tried anything new, so I'm I'm due to do a new review. Uh, other than that, let's see. Uh, usually, I'll be on live on our YouTube channel here on Saturday nights for Collider Cast for that watch along. So join us. Uh, I won't be there this Saturday since I'll be out in California for the New Japan Strong Show. So anyone who's going out there, let me know. And uh, if you have any recommendations of places to visit or you know places to eat let me know that as well because i'll have some time um i think that's it awesome hey real quick i just had somebody send me a quick rumor that pack was in jacksonville for dynamite uh that's according to fightful and they're saying he may have been there as part of their multi-show process to get cleared from his long-term injuries so let's hope that's true Uh, anyway, uh, man, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Ant Money on X at Ant Money two four seven on uh, Instagram. Uh, but most importantly, follow the Mark Order podcast on our socials at Mark Order Pod on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, X. You can interact with us on X all the time. Ryan is really the primary one who's talking to you guys on X uh, and putting shit out there. Um, so uh, if you're gonna interact on Twitter, just be nice. You know, don't uh, don't fuck around or Ryan's going to going to block you. Uh, as long as you're cool, he's going to be cool. Uh, thanks, everybody who watched on YouTube tonight. We love all you guys. The one LT photos. My best friend, Jesse Ozog. Uh, Slonomite SJ. Eric Freeds was checking us out earlier. Uh, and uh, Pedro, I saw check in too. a whole bunch of you guys. Thank you all for uh, for checking in uh, again. We love to chat along with you guys. Um, and thank you to anybody who uh, is listening in podcast form. We appreciate you for supporting us. If you're listening in podcast form, make sure to subscribe, like, rate, review, all that kind of stuff. But we are trying to grow our YouTube channel too. So make sure you head over to our YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button, uh, sign up for alerts, all that kind of stuff. You know, like videos, leave review, leave, you know, comments, all that kind of stuff. Um, it helps us out greatly. We're trying to get to 500 subscribers. No timetable on that, but we'd love to hit that at some point in 2024. So um, if you're into this and you haven't subscribed, definitely subscribe. If you've never checked us out on video form, head over to the YouTube um, and uh, you could check out all the shows, um, you know, in the archives and the playlist for our Dynamite post shows for the new Saturday Night Collision cast, 
any bonus shows we've done, and also the shorts that we've been putting out on our socials that Joe's been cutting together, which have been awesome, Joe. I got to give you props. Uh, they've been great. Uh, so make sure you head over to YouTube to check those out. If you'd like to support us financially, you can head over to our Pro Wrestling Tees page uh, and pick up a shirt. You can do that by finding our link tree in our social channels and clicking the button to go there. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkOrderPod or search the Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees and you'll wind up in our store right here where you can find four shirts to purchase. Purchase one or all or as many as you'd like of each and um, the money you spend there does come back to help us uh, be able to fund our show. Uh, so we thank anybody who's already bought a shirt. I can tell you for a fact, one LT photo rocking his this past week at collision looking fly as ever. If that's what the kids still say um, and just killing it. So we thank anybody who's bought a shirt and is repping us out there. Thanks to anybody who's going to pick up a shirt and hasn't done it yet. Uh, but we appreciate uh, all the support. And that's it for us tonight. Uh, like Joe said, the next broadcast we'll have is Saturday Night Collision Cast this weekend, so be sure to check that out. Ryan's going to be on with a couple guests as Joe's going to be out of town. We'll be back here next Wednesday night to talk about Dynamite and all the news in the world of AEW and just to talk bullshit and have fun like we usually do. And we love that we do it with you live in the chat, so thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening and watching with us. Um, Joe, thank you as always for doing this show. And uh, we will see you next week. Well, Joe, we won't see you, but we'll see you out there next week here back on Wednesday night on the Mark Order podcast. This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.